WPHT, WPHT, HD, WOGL, HD3, Philadelphia. Always live on the free Odyssey app. From the Sherry Hill Volvo Studios, where relationships matter. Live and local from Philadelphia. Free speech lives here. Here. It's Kale and Company on Talk Radio 1210 WPHT. And away we go, live on this Friday, October 27th. It is indeed Kale and Company right here on Talk Radio 1210 WPHT. We are always live on the free Odyssey app and, of course, streaming live for your video viewing pleasure on YouTube. As we head until 10 o'clock this morning, 855-839-1210, the phone number. Twitter and Instagram, the radio station at 1210 WPHT. I am at Nick Kale, Don Stenzlin with the news, Greg Stocker, the chairman of the board, Daniel Valdez, Anthony Dorenzo, our associate producers. We made it. Friday, the weekend is upon us. Dawn, good morning. How are you? Good morning. Happy Friday. Yes, Gregory. Here we go again, again on our own. <laughs> I see the beard's coming back strong for you again. It is, yeah. Making a comeback. Yeah. Yeah, I'm going to... This is the longest I think I've had it. Really? Yeah. Okay. So, we'll see. See how far it goes. We'll see how far it goes. We'll see what happens. Right. We got a lot of good stuff to get to today, including some of the fallout that continues with the manhunt underway after the deadly mass shooting in the state of Maine. We will get to that in a couple of minutes. Also, Joe Biden and his latest numbers within his own party at an all-time low. And also a little comparison. I did some digging yesterday, and I found a bunch of categories that fall under the economy umbrella. And we compare them from September of 2023 to September of 2020. I think if it's all about the economy, this will speak volumes. That's coming up this morning also, the one-year anniversary of Elon Musk purchasing and or ruining Twitter, <laughs> according to some. And uh, the fallout from UFC and Bud Light. Let the boycotts begin. I'll tell you what, poor Bud Light. Anything they attach their name to, the people come back out of the woodwork, don't they? They will not let Bud Light ever live this one down. Wait, people are boycotting the UFC? That's correct. Oh, my God. Wow. <laughs> oh, my Lord. Yes. Yep. Here we go. Here we go. Uh, so we got that coming up today on the show. A loaded cut sheet, uh, including all the proof you will ever need to once again say, Mr. Bowman, there's no way you did what you did and whatever you claimed you were doing. It The tape don't lie, brother. It, it's amazing to me that literally we were talking about that at, I don't know, what it, whatever it was, 8.30 yep. yesterday morning. And the gods gave us a gift before the day ended we had the video <laughs> we have the of receipt. the before and after oh, that's man. all we were asking for the before and after that's and correct. boy does it tell a different story that he's painting huh? oh it sure does wow like no coach i had the uh, i had the outside linebacker blocked well let me put on the tape oh no he ran right by it, you buddy it is inc- I, I i'm just like wow this yep. is like anybody who looks at this is just like well uh, okay yep Oh, my God. And also some pushback to our favorite Gen Zer who despises working nine-to-five jobs. We will get to that later as well. It's going to be a good show. It's a Friday. We'll have a lot of fun. A lot of follow-ups from yesterday's show. You really have to listen every day. That is correct. You just can't join episode four and think, 
Oh, yeah, I know what's going on. Well, if you didn't watch episode three, you're lost. Always watch episode three, yeah. That's correct. <laughs> Let's get to the news. Round number one, 605, the great Dawn Stenzlin on a Friday. And good morning on this Friday, October 27th. We are in for a real treat as far as summer-like weather. I'll begin with the SEPTA bus driver who was shot and killed uh, yesterday morning while operating a bus in Philadelphia's Germantown section. We now are learning more in that case as well as learning more about the identity of that driver. So SEPTA confirming that the man murdered, gunned down on the bus, 48-year-old Bernard Gribben, from Abington, Pennsylvania. He was a 12-year employee of SEPTA, as well as a United States Army veteran. This all happened yesterday mid-morning, about 10.30 a.m.-ish, at Germantown and Abbotsford's Avenues, as uh, Mr. Gribben was operating that Route 23 bus. Police say he was shot six times in his chest, as well as, as his right abdomen, he was rushed to Einstein Medical Center by the police. They didn't even wait for the paramedics. And he was, uh, tragically, they couldn't save his life. So they have they do have a woman in custody. Apparently she was at a nearby Sunoco. But they're not saying if the woman in custody, they're just saying she's a person of interest. So I don't have the absolute confirmation of her identity or that she is, in fact, the suspect. But we know that a woman, matching her description, fired a shot toward the bus driver, then got back on the bus and fired again multiple times. It was captured on video. You know, if you've been listening to Dawn's news for the last couple of weeks, just think how dangerous transportation is these days. An officer gets killed at Philadelphia International Airport. We have carjackings all the time, usually with a gun. And now a bus driver shot six times. Like, I, I never realized that transportation could be so violent. But in this city, you better believe it. So I'm shocked that it's a woman, too. Because you don't really well, see that as a... she's a person of interest. Oh, yeah, yeah, well, okay. <laughs> Suspect is offensive. We've changed that vernacular as well. I don't know. Is that sexist of me to say? Like, no. It, you don't no. really hear a lot of... No, you're right. Broads be shooting. <laughs> Stop. Yeah, well, it's usually dudes. <laughs> Uh, other news of this morning, and I'll, I'll stay local for a second before I update you on some national stories. Um, but I will say that, of course, uh, SEPTA is releasing more information on this, as well as we have the union representing SEPTA is considering a strike. That's been in the headlines. This is TWU Local 234, the union representing SEPTA workers. Uh, they've been calling for safety measures for many years. And after this murder, they called out for the National Guard to get involved wow, and to be on SEPTA, not just for the SEPTA operators and employees, but as well for those, you know, those who use SEPTA. So a strong <laughs> statement from them. Think about that. We, we, we have to have the National Guard be called up for, for public transportation in the city. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. A motorist, a motorcyclist, I should say, is dead after crashing in Chester County, Pennsylvania, during a police chase early this morning. Lancaster police pursuing a motorist, they say, on Route 113 at the Route Bypass uh, exit right in Downingtown. Early this morning, the motorcyclist crashed at the exit. This is according to Pennsylvania State Police, and the person was pronounced dead at the scene. So we have state police investigating, and I don't, you know, we're just gathering new details on that one as it just happened early this morning. And we also have the big one and only mayoral debates. We have Democrat Sherelle Parker and Republican David O. 
talking uh, right here in our building at Odyssey World Headquarters. Yesterday morning, KW News Radio hosting the only one-hour debate that we've seen between the two, hosting it yesterday morning. So talking about public safety, taxes, schools, saying yes, uh, Philadelphia schools, some of them do need to be demolished. They're just so old and decrepit. And the other issue that came up, stop and frisk. So we'll talk about that. I know moving forward, um, some interesting takes that might surprise some folks as we talk about that. I'll update you quickly on this manhunt just to say that as of this morning, the FBI, DEA, ATF, DHS, Border Patrol at the Canadian border, Coast Guard, other federal agencies have now joined in with state and local law enforcement in the massive manhunt after the massacre in Maine. This is the search for 40-year-old Robert Card, armed and dangerous Army reservist and firearms instructor, currently still being hunted as a suspect in the deadly shooting um, that happened, of course, that we've been talking about there in Maine. And so the latest number, 18 confirmed killed, at least 13 hospitalized, many others injured after he went to two different locations, a kid's night, Wednesday night, at a bowling alley, open fire, as well as a restaurant. This is Lewiston, Maine. Yeah, um, we'll do the big take on, on this story as well. But um, I, I got to give the uh, the Daily Mail a lot of credit. They have been all over this story. Like, they have, like, five updated stories on this story itself yesterday. Like, they're just beating, just from a media observation standpoint, they're beating everybody to the punch with this story. Yeah, they always have the best, for a lot of these things, they always have the best, like, description. And yep. it's and the way they lay it out, too, is easy. It's like bullet points. And, yep. You know what I mean? Like, it just, for talk show hosts, it makes it a lot easier mm-hmm. than, you know, reading a 10-page New York Times article about it. I did think- I Did I see that? He he may he may have gotten away on a jet ski or something. Yeah, it looks it looks as if he had he planned it. Yeah. So I know they found some some notes and some letters, mm-hmm. but it looks like he planned the thing. So he planted maybe decoys, planted different, um, you know, because he was up and down the river fishing a lot. Might have planted different things as he planned ahead, planned his escape. God. Why do I get the feeling that this is going to go on uh, a lot like the one up in the Poconos <clears throat> did a decade yeah. ago? I just get the feeling that this is going to last longer than... Um, how long was Cavalcante on the run for? That was, what, 11, 12 days? Yeah, a couple I, weeks. Yeah, my gut feeling is this one. This one's going to play out for a while. This guy was absolutely prepared for everything. He he had this orchestrated to a T. Yeah, it sounds like it. Yeah. And speaking of orchestrated, the U.S. military conducting airstrikes on two facilities, sending a message. And this broke, it would have been early morning for them, but the story broke for us 11 p.m. last night. So the U.S. military conducting these airstrikes on these facilities in eastern Syria in response to ongoing attacks against American military personnel in Iraq and Syria over the past week. So the Defense Department releasing statements saying the pair of F-16s targeted these two facilities, a weapons depot and an ammo storage area right near uh, Abu Kamal that's used by Iran's Islamic Revolutionary Guard Corps, and then their different affiliated militia groups. So this um, this story, by the way, Jennifer Griffin of Fox News broke the story, and it was late last night, but I believe she was had the most detailed information that I could find. But we're also learning more about these attacks against our own U.S. military facilities. 
which were downplayed a bit. But we're now learning more that, in fact, 19 attacks against American personnel have been have been carried out since October 17th, including three additional attack, attacks yesterday, that according to the Pentagon. And some of those attacks have left our U.S. military members in very serious condition with head injuries, among among the others, injured, 21 American troops injured. And uh, many most of them returned to duty, but some had some um, yeah. head in, major head injuries. Have you noticed the administration and the media refusing to call this a war right now? Oh, like, like, that's what it is, right? Like, it, they're using words like escalation and, um, you know, if you did it, uh, Kirby coming out saying, oh, we will intervene if, uh, you know, it's like, no, they're killing. They're already going after Americans. We're going after them. Let's just call it what it is. It's a war against terror. It's an ongoing war. Let's just let's just say what it is and stop, you know, sissy footing around the, the word. Such a broad statement to a war against terror. Like, I know. It's just it's so. Ugh. Yep. How do you defeat terror, by the way? Okay, I'm just I'm just curious. Does terror wave the white flag? No. Do we drop a, a bomb on terror? No. The next wave are being groomed. Yeah. Okay. That's great. And um, I, I just want to bring us Another back war. for a moment. I almost called Nick Hale to give him a warning because there was this black bear warning not so far. I know sometimes you go to the Plymouth Meeting Mall. It was at the mall. Uh-huh. And it was not so far from, you know, w- where you are. Yeah. Sometimes I know you go to the mall there. Yeah. Black bear spotted. Oh, no. Um, and it was near the Edge Fitness, the Whole Foods. Okay, I know exactly uh, where that's at. Kind of whole. I don't know if he wanted some Whole Foods or what was going on there, but they're seriously. It's a police warning, warning to residents use caution, especially in the areas of Hickory Road, Walton Road, Township Line Road, and Narcissa Road. <laughs> oh, great! So cool. This uh, big old black bear yeah. wandering, roaming around. Now, are we sure it's a black bear? Is it not a brown bear, a, a polar bear, a panda bear? I don't want to be bear profiling here on the radio, Dawn. Well, the, I think the polar bears and brown bears are meaner. Oh, Is that right? Okay. I believe so. Right. But uh, they're saying, in all seriousness, that the bear, every time they would call Pennsylvania animal control, the guys would get there. It was like a little cartoonish sounding, but the guys would get there, oh, you just missed it. And so then there's another sighting. So... It, it seems like it's not afraid of going to, you know, to be around that Whole Foods back there. Right. Maybe it was headed toward AMC back around. But yeah, he was going to see uh, Taylor Swift's, the concert. <laughs> the heiress tour. There you go. Um, uh, Sixers, uh, what a blowout for our, uh, for our 76ers who were way ahead and then just blew their big lead and were beat by the Bucks. Yeah. Uh, Damian Lillard. Uh, scores 39 points in his Bucks debut Good. to help Milwaukee edge yeah. out our Sixers eight, 118 to 117. I've never had less interest in the Sixers in the last 10 years than I do this year. They're going to be completely <sighs> ordinary against all the great teams, like mm. Milwaukee. <laughs> yep. Flyers won. Beautiful forecast. It's going to feel like summer today. 78 degrees for your Friday. Bright, sunny skies. Wow. And then tomorrow... 81 beautiful degrees. It's going to feel like a summer-like day. And we continue the sunny stretch into Sunday, but get ready for a big cool-down, unfortunately, for Halloween next Tuesday. That's your NBC10 First Alert forecast. This is your Friday morning edition. Kale & Company News Live. All right, Don. thank you very much. 616 on a Friday morning. Let's get to one last big take of the week. The Big Take on Kale & Company.
All right, the big take this morning, the fallout from the main mass shooting, narratives and agendas. You know, when America is dealt another senseless tragedy, you can always count on the mainstream media, left-wingers in society, and Democrats in office to resort to their standard rhetoric. The mainstream media will sell you on fear. They will sensationalize the tragedy and give the killer far more attention than the actual victims. Left-wingers will immediately claim that America has a gun problem and deem that AR-15s be banned. Democratic politicians will point out the fact that the number one killer in America for children is gun violence. Well, yes, of course it is. An overwhelming majority of children are healthy and don't pass away when they are kids. And, of course, Dems will hint at their desire to take away your Second Amendment rights, claiming that firearms are not necessary. And it was all on full display yesterday. And let's hear from the Vice President Kamala Harris. She was speaking at a White House event yesterday that featured Australia, and she had this to say about the main shooting. Listen and watch. Before I address why we are convened here today, I will address the tragic events that happened last night in Maine. Last night, Lewiston became yet another community torn apart by senseless gun violence. Once again, routine gatherings, this time at a bowling alley and a restaurant, have been turned into scenes of horrific carnage. Doug and I mourn for those who were killed. We pray for those who were injured and grieve with so many whose lives are forever changed and impacted by what happened. The Biden-Harris administration will continue to provide full support to local authorities. And as we gather details, we must continue to speak truth about the moment we are in. In our country today, the leading cause of death of American children is gun violence. Gun violence has terrorized and traumatized so many of our communities in this country. And let us be clear, it does not have to be this way, as our friends in Australia have demonstrated. And with that, then... And with that, then, I will turn to the Prime Minister's state visit. You are correct. It does not have to be this way. We need to get people the maximum mental health treatment they need so we can reduce this from happening more frequently in the future. But did you pick up on what she said about our friends, the Aussies? Quote, it does not have to be this way, as our friends in Australia have demonstrated. Here's the context behind what she means. Kamala Harris referenced Australia there as a country The United States should model themselves after when it comes to gun control. Starting in 1996, Australia collected about 650,000 privately owned guns in a mandatory buyback. They also established a gun registry and banned pump-action shotguns and semi-automatic rifles. Australians can only buy a gun if the government deems it to be for a, quote, genuine reason, which predominantly means for sport or hunting. The Biden administration is saying the quiet part out loud. But now we get to the media coverage of this horrific crime. And let's stop showing the picture of the killer and stop saying his name. 
How about sharing the names of the victims? Because they are the ones who should be remembered. Bob Violet, Trisha Asselin, Joseph Walker, Joshua Seal, Brian McFarlane, and Arthur Strout have all been identified as victims. In total, 18 people were murdered, 7 people died in the bowling alley, 6 were killed at the bar, and the rest perished at the hospital. Now, Maureen Callahan writes for the Daily Mail, and she went on a let's make getting guns tougher and blame it on the white guy rant in her latest column, saying the following. He is a highly trained Army reservist who, according to one fellow soldier, was one of the best riflemen in their unit, yet was committed to a mental hospital for two weeks this summer after he reported hearing voices. He truly believed he was hearing people say things, his sister-in-law, Katie O'Neill, told the Daily Beast. He would get mad and claim that we didn't believe him. We tried to listen and tell him that nobody was talking about him. So despite his family and friends telling the media that this is a rational, understanding person, as one fellow reservist told CNN, or the most loving, hardworking, and kind person I know, as O'Neill claims, clearly he was a known threat to public safety. This is not who he is, O'Neill said. This is exactly who he is, according to Callahan. He allegedly planned, strategized, targeted, and executed this mass murder at two different locations, then successfully got away, potentially crossing state lines into Massachusetts, leaving parts of Maine under complete lockdown. This shooting suspect, like so many others who are mentally disturbed, retained enough core competencies to successfully maim and kill. The White House and the entire country has lowered the flag. How about raising the bar for gun ownership, she says. How about finally addressing one of the greatest public health crises in America? The aggrieved white male, almost always the mass shooter profile, who takes out his failures, grievances, and aggression on unwanting civilians and school children. And that's the end of her column. Such a typical argument, predictable and not really factual or logical, because law-abiding, non-mentally ill American owners of guns that do so and go through all the paperwork and all the vetting and all the documentation and then responsibly possess and use their guns do not commit mass murders. And blaming the white male, low-hanging fruit again. Do we need to talk about how many non-white men are firing a gun each day in big cities, many of the times while being in possession of the gun illegally, while committing a crime? It's not about race or gun laws. It's about mental health. If coming out of the pandemic, we haven't learned how much of a mental health issue we have in this country, then we've learned nothing. We've also learned that the shooter may have been in pursuit of and searching for his ex-girlfriend. Police also found a cryptic note at his home written by the shooter. We've also learned that his family was obsessed with firearms and neighbors allegedly tried to avoid them. We also found out yesterday here on the show that this shooter once retweeted Tucker Carlson. And the media will continue to push their narrative, searching for what they always look for. The Democrats will continue to keep pushing their agenda, and the left-wingers will continue to believe what they want to believe is the root cause of all of this. You would think they would learn, and you would think they would change. But the same stupid cycle keeps on repeating itself. This is mental health. Don't glamorize the killer. Remember the victims. And remember, these heinous acts still, at the end of the day, are incredibly rare. And that's the big take. The big take on Kale and Company. 
All right, Big Take, if you want to jump in this morning, 855-839-1210, the phone number, Twitter and Instagram at 1210WPHT. Or, of course, you can be a part of the Kalen Company comment community. Just go to YouTube.com slash at 1210WPHT. Hit the like and subscribe buttons and get involved with the show today. We'll come back, get some reaction to that, and also a couple of other little tidbits when it comes to this main shooting and comparing it to other shootings that seemingly just vanished from the news cycle quick, fast, and in a hurry. We'll get to that when we come back. Kale and Company on a Friday morning, Talk Radio 1210 WPHD. It's Kale and Company On Demand from Talk Radio 1210 WPHD and the free Odyssey app. Nick Dawn and Greg here on Talk Radio 1210 WPHT. Get us on the free Odyssey app. Watch us live on YouTube. What's on the cut sheet coming up 745 this morning. Also, some stuff with Joe Biden, Donald Trump, UFC, and Bud Light, and Elon Musk, and Twitter, slash X. But, you know, I was paying attention to a lot of this, and I probably watched way too much of this coverage of the the mass uh, shooting in Maine uh, yesterday across multiple networks. And I usually don't bounce around from network to network, but I tried to watch all three of them yesterday for about a 90-minute stretch, just seeing the way they covered it from Fox to CNN to MSNBC, and it wasn't so much that I was looking for uh, gun control coverage versus mental health coverage, but the one thing, and Don, you're the journalist on the show, the trained, the you got a degree in it, you've won Emmys, so if I'm out of line here, you, you just squash me like a bug, but <laughs> I just feel like the media has to stop, and Fox is doing it right now, well, about 20 seconds ago they were doing it, showing the image of the shooter, and I don't even want to say his name. Um, he's wearing the brown hooded sweatshirt, the jeans, and he's walking and you see the still image of him holding the, the weapon that he was carrying. They just keep plastering that on the TV. And I feel like it should be more about the victims than the actual killer, because I think that, and maybe it's not applicable to every one of these killers, but I think a lot of them want to, whether they get caught, whether they get killed, whether they take their own life after committing the horrific act, mm-hmm. they want to be discussed, they want to be analyzed, they want to be remembered, they want to be famous for what they pulled off. And I feel like we in the media, and I say just we loosely, generally speaking, we give them part of what they are seeking and the reward that they, they covet for all the efforts they put into inflicting this this type of terror which is really what it is it's an act of terrorism it's domestic terrorism when you got a fear for your life in a bowling alley i really wish we would get away from making it about the killer and more so about the victims i i agree with you on this one i'll say that once they once they catch him either or find him alive or dead Mm -hmm. then focus on the victims but there's also a fear that this guy, I mean, he is a fugitive. And so there's a fear that because he had planned the getaway, he went down the river, he could have crossed state lines. They're putting out an all points bulletin across the nation and mm-hmm. even in Canada. Yeah. So on this one, I'll, you know, I, I will say they have a reason, but you're right. I mean, think about all the, you know, the serial, think of John Wayne Gacy. I mean, you usually know their middle name for yeah. crying out loud. You don't know. All the victims, and we do. We make it too glamorous, and then they become a Netflix special, yeah. and then there's movies oh, made and yeah. documentaries. Yeah, the, yeah, yeah. So, you're right, and we should focus more, especially once they're already incarcerated, mm-hmm. on on the victims and the victims, you know, f- family survivors. Yeah.
You know, and then there's the other way that these stories are covered, and some of them just disappear, and some of them stay in the media for longer than others. You know, we mentioned yesterday the Nashville school shooting. Uh, all quiet. It went away. The shooter was a part of the LGBTQ plus community. Uh, but then, if you recall, back in April, we had the shooting in Dadeville, Alabama, if you remember, and it was a 16th birthday party. And that story just completely vanished very quick. I, I think it went away quicker than the Nashville school shooting did. And I found this story from the Christian Science Monitor. Don't know how I came across this. Not a subscriber or a reader to the Christian Science Monitor. But they had an interesting story, and it was titled, In Rural Alabama, A Mass Shooting America Ignored. And it's the one I'm talking about right now where four people were killed, 32 were injured, and the shooters were African-American, and it just disappeared in probably three or four days in the media. If we talked about that on Monday, it was off the radar and off the back bur- on the back burner by Friday. And I just want to point out two, uh, two or three little paragraphs here in this story that this writer brings up. Patrick Johnson of the Christian Science Monitor, um, he goes on to say, uh, let me just give you these two important ones. A ray of orange light shoots through a hail-sized hole in the stained glass window of what was once a church. On this evening, some of the light bulbs are broken and a folding table covered with a white sheet passes as the day goes by. This is the new town hall complex of Camp Hill, Alabama. Four miles away on April 15th, many Camp Hill kids were at a Sweet 16 party when six teens from another town swept in and started firing seeking some small measures of healing this community tries to bounce back at a time when guns are the number one cause of death for children and teenagers in the united states how these victims are honored and remembered points to deep divisions and differences while the nation universally mourns the victims of high-profile mass shootings the vast majority of gun violence and mass shootings is largely ignored even accepted how much is race a part of that calculus and what is the best path forward the national conversation has found no clear answers. And they go on to keep talking about how the way that these things are positioned by the media in this country. And you heard yesterday, boy, I tell you, we, we found out really quick that this guy, this killer in Maine retweeted something from Tucker Carlson. And then, as I mentioned in the big take, the columnist for the Daily Mail pointing out right away in her opening paragraph that this was a mentally disturbed individual, but then immediately pivots to, we got to make gun buying a lot more difficult in this country. And once again, who's the culprit? The angry white man. Yet every morning, Dawn, you lead off the show most days reporting crimes, gun shootings, and horrific acts of violence in this city. And it's either we don't want to talk about it or we just have grown accustomed to it and become numb to it. But, like, I hate how they always position this. And the media will only really sensationalize it and repeatedly hammer it home and jam it down your throat when the killer checks off a few boxes uh, he's a white guy he's angry at the world um mm-hmm. he's a conspiracy theorist uh he's a republican so forth and so on yet if you're of any other identity yeah it's just like eh, another day in the life of a big city that's what happens in philadelphia people shoot people right yeah, yeah so. it's it's so true and you think about Think of, like you just said, all the shootings we have. I know here in Pennsylvania, um, Senator Vincent Hughes, who's a, a Democrat in the 7th District, he is already 
reviving the conversation for reviving uh, red flag laws yeah. here in Pennsylvania, where we have a Democrat controlled House, as we know, and there was, you know, he had in the past pushed for these red flag laws, mm-hmm. um, but it is, you know, it has not come up for a well, vote yet. Well, let me ask you guys a question. I'm sorry, were you finished with what you're saying? Yeah, it, it has not come up for a vote yet in the Republican held. Senate in Pennsylvania, mm-hmm. but they're putting, they're talking about the red flag versus the yellow flag and all of this and that because, in truth, if they had followed the laws, they knew. Yep. yep. Okay. That's my, that's my biggest problem. Well, I mean, not my biggest problem with this, but the biggest problem I have with this is yes, this guy was clearly mentally ill. He claimed to hear voices. It was, I mean, this guy was on the police, maybe the FBI's radar. And he was still able to yeah. own guns. Mm-hmm. And for everybody saying, well, we need stricter gun laws. Well, if we just enforce the gun laws we have, he wouldn't be able yes. to own this gun. So th- th- there was a breakdown of two different things here. Mm-hmm. Th- there was a mentally ill guy who was allegedly on the radar of the FBI. Right. And he was also allowed to own a gun. Yes. So so, so, so that's where that's where the breakdown is. And to lump everything into one, well, it's it's always this or it's always that. I know. It's just everything is it's yes, it's 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 I don't want to say easy access to guns because that 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 is a negative connotation. But sure. if we have if we just enforce the gun laws mm-hmm. that we have and people um, you know, who are known mentally ill psychopaths yep. aren't allowed to own them, then maybe half of this problem mm-hmm. would be solved. Now, true. I mean, truth be told, I, I don't own a firearm, although I have never been closer to going through with the process and getting one with the society and world we live in today, because I don't, and I, I understand statistically, uh, you know, I have a, a much greater chance of dying of a heart attack or cancer or whatever it might be, but I would love to know you know, from somebody um, that maybe has recently went and acquired and purchased a firearm legally, what the process is like. What, how detailed is the paperwork? Where did you go? How long did it take? What documents did you get back in the mail? Because I've got to feel, like to your point, Greg, like, yes, we have a lot of laws in place, and if we just freaking enforce yeah. what we have already mm-hmm. established, yeah. you know, we're not going to prevent everything. But there's just way too many, and this is a common theme nowadays, and this is every walk of life, every job, every profession, uh, you name it. The amount of breakdowns people have in communication where things slip through the cracks and people make mistakes, it's just accountability and responsibility should matter. But I would love to know what the process is like in 23 uh, as far as going about getting a firearm. I've got to imagine it's it's not just as simple as ABC, right? Like, I mean... You know, if, if anybody, I'll, I'll take a phone call on it. If somebody has recently bought a firearm in the last year and can say, hey, this is what I did and this is how, uh, you, know, you know, stringent it is and this is all the, uh, there's lots of paperwork. Like, I legitimately don't, I'm, when I do decide to get one, I'm going to have to ask my sister's husband, uh, who's from Oklahoma, um, and he's got a lot of firearms. Uh, he loves, <laughs> he loves his guns. Uh, I'm just going to ask him, like, legitimately, what's the process like? Because I would love to know. Uh, D- uh, David on the YouTube chat re- uh, writes, Red flag laws won't pass because of the number of cops that would get jammed up with domestic situations. Okay. Well, what's interesting is that Maine, within the past few years, was the made headlines to say Maine has these yellow flag laws that actually may be a model for the nation. And they had situations they t- they touted that since their new yellow flag laws, because they're pro Second Amendment people. But they're all they're more liberal. I think libertarian, even though they they skew blue. 
but they love their guns. They're fight, you know, because they it's a it's hunting right there. Yep. So it's an interesting well, state to watch. But their yellow flag laws, you know, they didn't follow their own laws. They have in the past. Mm-hmm. If you if you look at them, they thwarted a lot of situations, well, especially those so called suicide by cop situations. Well, that's a very interesting. It's a very interesting question. If you ask most law, because I would think that by nature most law enforcement. Uh, tend to be a little more conservative. Mm-hmm. W- w- if you asked the majority of law enforcement, would they want more access to guns or less? As far as just the the accessibility to getting them, yes. you mean? Yeah. Okay. It's an no, 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 no. I'm, I'm, I don't know. I'm just asking. Do you think that they would want more access to guns or less access for society? Yes. For civilians? Yes. Probably less. As far as if you're a cop, as far as having to constantly be dealing with, with gun conflicts yeah. and showing up to domestic situations where maybe one of the spouse has a fire. I mean, I, I would imagine that. But I also got to imagine that most cops are pro- probably pro-Second Amendment. Yes. But I also think there's a different attitude. If you're from, I call it a gun family, which mm-hmm. I am, yep. um, or if you're from a military family, which I think many many of us are here, right? Yeah. Then there's a di- or a law enforcement family. Yep. Same here. It's a t- it's a tool of their, you know, if you're in law enforcement, military, etc., you have you have guns because, mm-hmm. quite frankly, it's something that it's on the job. Yeah. And so I do think to Greg's point that you just read yesterday, I was talking to a friend of all of us, um, Sergeant Mark Fuzetti. He was talking about the mental health aspect of right. even look at what's happening in Philadelphia with a funeral. We started out the week with an officer, a sergeant's funeral, and then we have this situation with, you know, military member, ex-military member. You think about the mental health crisis that we have, and yes, mm-hmm. after the defund the police movement, yeah. uh, we have, unfor- tragically, <laughs> we have created a situation in our country where, where law enforcement, military members, etc., Amiss this mental health crisis, it, we have supersized yeah. the, the mental health crisis, the domestic crisis. Then you lob on the the financial inflation, economic Bidenomics crisis. Right. We're we're all depressed, but think about being on the job in the one of the toughest, you know, f- most thankless job. Yep. Law enforcement. Yep. All right. Let's bring in uh, both of our associate producers, Daniel Valdez and Anthony Dorenzo. They both have some interesting thoughts on this. I'll start with Valdez because uh, it looks like he is. Uh, new to the process and just acquired something. So, Daniel, uh, why don't you just tell us what you were just saying in our group text? Uh huh. Oh, really? I know the mic ne- never works back there. It never works. You, back you there. don't say. Huh? Interesting. <laughs> I know. Okay. Uh, let's try Dorenzo on line two. Dorenzo, you have some stuff from uh, Connecticut as well, I believe. Yeah. So when I worked up in uh, Connecticut, obviously this was a huge topic because of Sandy Hook, and I—I I mean, most of our listeners leaned right the same way here, and uh, a lot of listeners complained about how difficult it was to get a firearm. Sometimes it took at least a year, maybe more. So if you felt unsafe in your neighborhood, it, it can be an issue. But at the same time, I mean, I'm not saying their gun laws are perfect, but it, it did seem to at least avoid that tragedy from happening more than before. It, I, I mean, they looked at guns way closer than they ever did. Um, at the same time, you know, I, I'm not a gun owner, so I don't mm-hmm. know how difficult all those all those laws are to deal with. But well, you got Sandy Hook, and then on top of it, Connecticut being a blue state, so I can yeah. see. But yeah. I mean, think about that though. Let's say you're a law-abiding citizen. You want to go about it the right way. You have no past history of mental illness, no prior record of criminal activity or violence, and you got to wait a year to get a gun. 
I, I mean, that seems way, way too over the top to me. And I come from a military family. My, my uh, mom's brother was a 27-year detective. Um, I'm pro-Second Amendment, even though I don't own a gun. And you know, I would just want to purchase a handgun, keep it in a safe, keep it locked away, and you know, do the responsible stuff. You know, if you need it when you're you know, in your vehicle or whatever, so be it. But um, you know, some of these individuals, I, I, and I would love to know, too, from the background check, that's a criminal background check, right? I, do they do they do research as far as to whether or not you've ever been in a mental health treatment facility? Well, I think that's another thing that depends on the state, and it also depends on if you're going to a gun store or if you're going to a gun show. So that there are a lot of loopholes to what Greg was saying, and and that is it's such a breakdown of the system. I don't even think the system necessarily has to be fixed. We need to just look at every single process and be more careful. All right. 855-839-1210 if you want to jump in on the conversation. We'll come back, wrap up the first hour of the show. Joe Biden's approval rating within his own party has cratered. How bad is it? We'll give you the details on the other side. Kale and Company, Talk Radio 1210, WPHT. This is the Kale and Company podcast from Talk Radio 1210 WPHT and on the free Odyssey app. You know what? You still have time to find yourself that new certified or pre-owned vehicle from our friends at the Piazza Auto Group, and there is power in the Piazza Auto Group. You know, you've heard us talk about, for me, it, it is, I will always remember the moment, looking at Michael's face, he got a little flushed, a little red in the face. He was so he was so excited when we went there to the local Philadelphia, Piazza Honda, Vince and Tony and Kristen, everybody's there, awesome Ross, and he was in his beautiful silver Honda. Ah, we were were so excited. You got the Civic. I'll never forget it. It it was a great moment. They made it so easy. And here's the thing. Maybe you're not looking for a Honda or maybe you're not looking for one of the the vehicles that we talk about, like Acura, Mazda, Hyundai, Volkswagen. Maybe there's a car you saw and you think, man, I would just love, love that car. You've been thinking about it. Just go to our friends at the Piazza Auto Group. And check it out because they have an amazing, amazing selection. I'm talking about over a 1,000 pre-owned vehicles at any given time. And not just these brands that we talk about, like our Hondas, but pretty much any other brand that you can think of or picture. PiazzaAutoGroup.com is where you begin your search. P-I-A-Z-Z-A, PiazzaAutoGroup.com. And then search Piazza's pre-owned inventory or for that dealer nearest you because they're across Pennsylvania, Delaware, New Jersey. That's the power of the Piazza Auto Group. Talk Radio 1210 WPHT, Nick, Dawn, and Greg, 855-839-1210. We'll get to some of these tweets in a moment. Callers coming up in just a second. Save the Joe Biden stuff for hour number two because a lot of people with some good information when it comes to uh, the convenience or how difficult it might be and what the process is like to get a firearm as we are talking about, obviously, the mass shooting in Maine, 855-839-1210. Joe is in Philadelphia. He's got some thoughts on the red flag laws. Joe, you go right ahead, sir. Hey, how's it going, guys? We're doing well. So here's my thing. Uh... With, with the red flag, at what point do we draw the line at, at what's a mental illness and what's not? So you say, okay, guy hears voices, mentally ill. Now, what about a veteran who has PTSD? Does he have to give up his guns? What about a first responder who is thinking about, you know, who's having issues, but now wants to seek treatment because he's afraid of a red flag law? And once you give the government that kind of power, 
who's to decide which is the mental illness that needs to be handled? It, what if yeah. what if someone who dresses like a someone who's a man who dresses like a woman is that a mental illness? Should they be you know barred from from holding guns? Right. I think once you give the government this power. It becomes a slippery slope. No, you're absolutely correct. And, and Joe, I'll boil it all the way down to maybe the most simplistic element of mental health. What if somebody just merely has mild depression, right? Like, is that is that barring you from getting a gun? It, it, you, you now leave it open for interpretation to the government as to who is or what is not so much. I will say I was raising my hand, so thank you. I'm like, teacher, teacher. I always love calling on you, Don. You're a great student. <laughs> thank you, sir. Teacher's pet. <laughs> um, that's the difference with why Maine, and this was the first major gun legislation, you know, under Republican Senator Susan Collins, who spoke out yesterday. That's why Maine's yellow flag laws were touted as a possible answer for the nation, right? Because their yellow flag law does not allow mem- members of a family to, like, let's say your 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 ex wife or your mm-hmm. ex girlfriend is mad at you, right? And I actually have a family member who was involved in something like this, yep. Where they try to call and get your because they know you you're a hunter, like right before deer hunting season. Mm-hmm. That can't happen here under the main Maine's yellow leg yellow flag laws. Only police can issue a request. That's why everybody's criticizing here because the police and the military base were involved in right. this particular situation. They knew that this guy, they were the ones who referred him to the mental health facility. I mean, he was teaching gun classes at, uh, what was it, West Point, right? Yep, that's to the cadets, and they said he was ama- and, uh, unfortunately amazing yeah. at sharpshooting, etc. But here's somebody who police, law enforcement, military, they all had the warnings. Mm-hmm. They were, they of all people should have, so this is not a domestic situation. No. And this is, you, you talk about you know, the fact this is kind of like a um, a double dip, so to speak. I mean, this is a guy who's mentally ill, but is highly proficient and trained and talented yeah. in the art of handling a firearm, using it. So this is the challenge that is really <laughs> that these officers from all of these agencies are dealing with now yeah. crossing state lines. Like I said earlier, I think this this guy could this could be one of those things where this guy's on the run for a month. Don't be surprised if that's the case. But, you know, there's also, I think you're right, and there's also a physiological aspect to this, because not only was he having mental health issues, depression, reportedly lost his job, etc., but as well, he was losing his hearing. And that's why when he went to this bowling alley for the people that he killed, reportedly in the deaf or hearing-impaired community, mm-hmm. so these were friends of his, he, once he got the hearing aid, that's when he started, they said, hearing the voices. So I, there's something else physiologically going on here as far as the hearing issue that he yep. was coping with, um, you know, physical physical issues, mm-hmm. let's say. 855-839-1210. Mike is in Nottingham. He's up next on Talk Radio 1210. Mike, good morning. Good morning. How are you today? We're doing well, Mike. What do you got? Good. I, I bought an AR-15 three years ago at my local hardware store. Okay. I walked in. Did my driver's license, filled out some paperwork, uh, paid for it, and walked out with the rifle and the um, the bullets. I didn't have a problem. I live in an area where everybody and their mother owns a gun. Uh, everybody lives on an acre or two or more. And um, <clears throat> if you call the cops, they're not coming. If you're not prepared to defend yourself, you can be in a world of hurt. Mm-hmm. People across the street own a bunch of guns. They, a lot of places, people I know and friends with, uh, have gun safes where they probably got 10 or 15 guns and 
in this big old safe in their basement yeah. or their office. Um, not that hard to get. And I grew up in Upper Darby, so guns were foreign to me. I never saw a gun. Uh, well, I bought one when I owned a deli in Upper Darby, and I bought a thirty-eight. A friend of mine who's an Upper Darby cop taught me how to shoot it. Right. Told me to go to uh, go do practice. And whatever you do in practice is what you're going to do. God forbid you need it. Three times in ten years, I stopped somebody from robbing my store. I fully believe in being able to purchase a gun yep. and and use it. And I got to tell you, most people that own guns don't fool around with them. They don't do anything wrong. They follow the laws. They buy them. It's the criminals that get the guns without doing anything. And except for this guy, generally, it's always a criminal that's shooting somebody. And I bet you there's probably a quarter million people every year that save their lives because they have no, they have a weapon. Yeah, that's a good point, Mike. I mean, you don't want to be in that moment. I mean, specifically this bowling alley. When that breaks out and you're with your family, it's family fun night, you're eating nachos and drinking soda, and maybe you have a beer or two, and next thing you know, somebody comes in and... Um, that's the beauty and the convenience of the Second Amendment, the right to bear arms and defend yourself. 855-839-1210. We'll get to some of these tweets on the other side, and then we'll get to Joe Biden after the news as we continue Hour 2 on the way. It's Kaling Company here on a Friday. Talk Radio 1210 WPHT. Start your day with Kale and Company, weekday morning 6 till 10, on Talk Radio 1210, WPHT, and the free Odyssey app. Dawn's news coming up in just a few moments. What's on the cut sheet at 745? And before we get there, and before we get to the cut sheet at 745, Joe Biden, we're going to look at this latest polling number that is very bad for Joe, but also a little comparison because the economy is the number one thing that people care about. When we talk about Trump versus Biden, the election, and moving forward. Economy, economy, economy. Well, I did a little uh, digging last night, and I've got some numbers in all sorts of different categories of things that we purchase within the the world of commerce and the economy. And we're going to compare the cost from 2020, September 2020, to September 2023. And um, it's not going to be much of a surprise to most of you, um, but I think it's worth uh, emphasizing a little bit. So we'll get to that. We're going to get to the latest with uh, Bud Light uh, now and in bed with UFC again and how the boycotts are coming back uh, and the boycott for UFC. And we'll see how impactful it is and if it was as strong as it was this past spring and summer when consumers said, uh, no, we're not going to buy Bud Light anymore. And then also the one-year anniversary of Elon Musk acquiring Twitter. Just how down is Twitter in the last year? We've got those figures as well. But let's get to the news. Round number two on this Friday morning, 7.02. And for that, we go to the great Don Stenzlin. And good morning on this Friday morning, October 27th, with a summer-like forecast you're going to love coming up. We are sponsored this morning by United Tire. So we're learning more from Philadelphia police about a man who was murdered while washing his car. So officers from the Philadelphia Police Department called to the 400 block of East Wyoming Avenue and for reports of gunfire. This actually happened last evening. 31-year-old man suffering gunshot wounds to his head, neck, and hands, according to officers who did not even wait for EMS or an ambulance to arrive. They, they, they put him in the back of their patrol vehicle and drove him immediately to Temple University Hospital where he was initially in critical condition. 
doctors there could not save this man's life. So we don't have word of an arrest or a motive here. Was this an attempted carjacking? What was going on here as the guy was just out there trying to trying to wash his car on a beautiful summer-like day in Philadelphia and his life taken from him in Philadelphia? And then, of course, we have the story that we've been updating for you as we're learning more information about the first time ever a SEPTA bus driver has been shot and killed, murdered on the job in this way while operating a bus in Philadelphia's Germantown section. So we're now learning more about 48-year-old Bernard Gribben, who actually is from Montgomery County, lived, resided in Montgomery County in Abington, Pennsylvania. He was a 12-year employee of SEPTA as well as a United States Army veteran. I know many members of SEPTA, they were gathering and grieving, grief counselors being brought in, uh, just a lot of shock from the community, as well as from his coworkers and his family. And so he was shot, according to police, six times in his chest and in his right abdomen. Mr. Gribben was rushed to Einstein Medical Center by police, where he was later pronounced dead. So we know that as of this morning, police said that they have a woman of or a person of interest in custody. But as of right now, they're not officially saying that they've caught the actual you know, suspect here. We know that they had released that surveillance in the surveillance images of a woman who was um, seen stepping off the bus and then firing toward the driver, firing a shot toward the driver, then stepping back on the gun and firing more, you know, firing further shots at him a total of six times. So, man, man goes to car wash, gets shot and killed. Bus driver doing his job, allegedly killed by a, a female six times in the chest. That, that, you know, that's, that's par for the course. Yeah. Yeah. It's, what um, a society. You know, they, you know they say dogs are better than humans? I know. I'm starting to believe that. Gosh. Well, now that the, we had already seen in the headlines... The TWU Local 3234, the union representing SEPTA workers, there, there has, you know, there have been talks of a strike looming starting next week, possibly. And now, as, you know, members of SEPTA's union were grieving yesterday, many angry saying, you know, talking about what they're dealing with on the job. And now the, um, their president calling for the National Guard to get involved and guard them and, and guard their safety until the city can do something to protect everybody. We also had the story of a motorcyclist. There was some kind of a police chase early this morning, and this is Chester County, Pennsylvania. Lancaster police pursuing the motorcycle, uh, the motorcyclist on Route 113 at the bypass exit in Downingtown early this morning. Apparently that motorcyclist then crashed at the exit and was pronounced dead at the scene. So I know that there's a huge investigation site at this time. We don't have any further details other than the fact uh, that this person, you know, that they had a police pursuit going on. Another big story, if you're just waking up to this, and if you went to bed before 11 p.m. last night, uh, you most likely did not hear about what happened as the United States showing our military might, if you will, and sending a message to those militias who've been attacking American military personnel in Iraq and Syria. So, yes, the United States military conducting airstrikes on two facilities in eastern Syria, and this is a pair of F-16s targeting these facilities, one a weapons depot 
and as well as ammo storage area. And this is near a place, um, Abu Kamal, used by Iran's Islamic Revolutionary Guard Corps and affiliated with the group and their militias. And so uh, it's it's not clear right now if there were any Iranian militants at the facilities where they were struck. And the U.S. you know Defense Secretary Lloyd Austin speaking out and saying that uh, the U.S. does not seek conflict, but the Iranian-backed attacks on American forces are unacceptable and must stop. You see the way that you just framed that? That's exactly the way they want to position <laughs> yes, this. It's not a war. It's a conflict, conflict. But if you mess with us, we will retaliate. So there, um, yesterday... Unless I missed something, because I believe I don't believe they were releasing all the details mm-hmm. of all of these attacks, right? Because there there were nineteen attacks against American personnel in Iraq and Syria yep. since October seventeenth. Three additional attacks yesterday, mm-hmm. and we got this from the Pentagon. But to my understanding, because I don't remember hearing nineteen attacks. Do you? No. And as we've also been saying on the show, that this is not just one isolated area where this conflict is going on. This terror, you know, the war on terror from Iran to Iraq to Syria to Lebanon to Hezbollah to Hamas to Israel. I mean, the Gaza Bank, you know, everything like this is it's an entire region, really. I mean, it's it, it really is a hard you know war to fight, so to speak. Well, we have that going on this morning. So many fast moving developments. And of course, we've been we've been updating you, of course, on the manhunt in Maine, where they're saying that this. Accused killer could be anywhere right now. And now we have the Canadian Border Patrol uh, really monitoring that situation. Is he going to try to leave the country and head to Canada? Um, I'll just take you to Philadelphia where First Lady Jill Biden uh, is visiting Philadelphia today. Oh, no, is she really? Coming, yep, coming home. My wife's a Philly girl. <laughs> no, Jill's a Philly girl. So she's announced. Oh, by the way, happy National Civics Day. Oh, it's, National it's, Civics it's Day. National Civics Day. Okay. Uh, she is teaming up with Nickelodeon to announce a new short-form TV series to teach kids about civics. You know, I think this entire administration would fit nicely on Nickelodeon. <laughs> I really do. A cartoon character, yeah. in other words. Yeah, like Kamala oh, giggling like she's doing a little cartoon on Nickelodeon. <laughs> well, we'll see how the series, it's an animated type series, uh, but she's, so she'll be at the Independence Visitors Center so traffic alert, because obviously they'll be, you know, shutting down some roadways to make sure that everything's safe there. But today, October 27th, this is a holiday marking the day the Federalist Papers were published in 1787. So the First Lady will be here, longtime educator. And uh, so she will be working with Nickelodeon to teach kids about civics. So Long, I- Longtime educator, Dawn, at esteemed institutions like Northern <laughs> Virginia Community College. <laughs> I, you know, I, <laughs> I'm not commenting. As a guy who spent three semesters at community college, I'm not knocking the community That's college. Right. It's a great way to get a cheap education. No, actually, as far as community colleges, I think we all agree. If you, if you're go, if you went to a community college, you look brilliant right yeah, now, right? You do. Uh, I have not seen the, what the videos are about. They've released some clips, but they're talking about branches of government. It's called Well Versed, and they have music videos, and they're covering topics like rules and disagreements for kids ages 2 to 5, and the Bill of Rights and the branches of the government for ch- children 6 to 11. So we'll have to review this, quite frankly, to see if there's any 
in, I, you know, indoctrination going on. I was just thinking on. about the I word. Not that they'd ever do that. I was just thinking about the I word. <laughs> and then the bear on the loose in Montgomery County around the Plymouth Mini Mall. So beware of that. Yeah. If you see me driving around in my truck today with a shotgun, I'm, I, that's, me, uh, <laughs> that's me on the hunt for the bear. Oh, he's so hungry. I'm going to take him out. <laughs> Um, but we love our Philly sports teams, and we love United Tire. Thank you, United Tire, for sponsoring us this morning, just as much as our teams love us, cheering them on. Same goes for the great team over at United Tire. Boy, I needed them earlier this week when I uh, on the way to work. But the owners make customer satisfaction their priority, working with you to get you back on the road faster. So when it comes to any car service, you can always trust United Tire. NBC 10 First Alert Forecast. I will just say to you, a lot of people are celebrating Halloween, including PAL, the Police Athletic League in Abington. Halloween tonight. What a beautiful night for it in Abington. Um, so, or wherever you're celebrating, we're in the 70s and it feels like summer. I don't know if we're going to break records, but we're 77 degrees today. Beautiful, bright, sunny tomorrow for your Saturday. 81 beautiful degrees, bright, sunny skies. And that continues through Sunday. Enjoy it because it's all going to stop and return to normal fall-like weather come Monday. So enjoy this beautiful three-day stretch, summer-like weather. That's your NBC10 First Alert Forecast. Kaelin Company News Live. All right, Dawn, thank you very much. By the way, I saw people yesterday on Twitter complaining that it was too hot out for late (laughs) October. I can't can't get with these kinds of people. Like, if you want it to be cold out, then you're just a miserable human. This is beautiful. Enjoy this for as long as it lasts. So what, there's a reason why people move to the southeast, because they get this year-round. <laughs> yeah. All right, 855-839-1210, <laughs> the number. So Joe Biden, it's, it's, it's really getting bad for this guy across the board. We see all the polling, and this one is very interesting. A new Gallup poll shows that Joe Biden has a double-digit drop in his, dro- his job approval rating amongst his own party. In the aftermath of the October 7th Hamas terrorist attacks in Israel, the poll was conducted between October 2nd and October 23rd, with Democrats giving Biden a score of 75% approval in his job performance, which is down 11 points from 86 in September. That drop also caused his overall rating from all of those polled to drop to 37%, which is down from 41 Last month, Gallup says this is the fourth time their polls have showed Joe Biden's overall approval dropping below 40 percent during his presidency. And then I saw a great breakdown yesterday from Forbes, um, and they, they were talking about the economy and they took the Biden economy for September of 2023. And these are all of the nationwide averages. And they compared them to September of 2020 during the end of the Trump presidency. And I want to point these out to you because this covers almost every category that you and I as Americans have to pay for on on a monthly basis. So let me just go through these pretty quickly here. And if anything stands out, you guys can certainly weigh in 855-839-1210. So crude oil, 2020, $40.91. 2023, $93.70. Gas on average in 2020 for September, $2.27 $2.27 a gallon. In 2023, $4 even per gallon. Utility cost per household per month. 2020, $379. Last month, $513. Health insurance individual per month. 2020, 
2023, $560. Health insurance family per month, 2020, just over $1,100. In 2023, just over $1,800. That's almost $700 more per month. I have a question. Why are we comparing it to 2020? Like, we were in the middle of a pandemic at that point. That's just with the way, the way uh, Forbes did it with their article. I have no reason as to why they chose that. Maybe both uh, last year almost in their presidency? You would think a lot of a lot of those numbers would be thrown off because of where we were as a country then. Yeah, a lot of people lost jobs. They Some people... <clears throat> well, they're lower then, though. So it's, it's like reverse effect. You would think they would yeah. be higher with the pandemic. Yeah. Like Joe here in September of 23 is well out of the pandemic, right? Because, um, you know, that expired, what was it, May 11th, 2022? So those are the health insurance numbers. So let me give you what, what a car costs. 2020, the average car cost $40,107. In 2023, 48451 That's almost $8,000 more. Car interest rates, 4.24%, now 8.41%. New car payment, 60 months per month. $743, now 992 Auto insurance, up from 136 to 179 The average home cost, up from 329000 to 417000 The average home payment on a 30-year mortgage, three years ago, 1376 Now, $1,000 more, $2,341. Average rent in 2020, 14 and change. Now it's just over $2,000 per month. Uh, personal care, hygiene products, $46 a month in 2020, $64 a month in 2023. And then lastly, child care, $900 a month, now $1,200 a month. That's a 25% increase. Milk, $3.32 a gallon, now $4.31 a gallon. Butter has almost gone up double from a dollar fifty to two ninety eight, and then eggs and cheese up from a dollar forty four to two oh one, a dollar fifty one to two oh nine. I could keep on going, but you get the point. I mean, three years later, everything is just up anywhere from twenty five to almost fifty percent more. That, in a nutshell, folks, is Bidenomics. And if the economy is the number one thing for Americans with voting. How you reelect Joe Biden is beyond me. But then again, people do stupid things, and I just react to them and talk about them on the radio. Um, but this is, you know, I think, too, a lot of people say, you know, I can't afford to buy a home. You know, I'm, I'm out of college. I'm, I'm 20 years old. Me and my fiance have been saving for five years. I can't afford to buy a home. It, there's, you don't get any break with renting either. Like, the renting is astronomical. I remember last August when I moved up here in July. I was up here in July of 2022 looking for places to rent. The rental market is uber competitive. I mean, I was lucky to find what I found in Bluebell, and I'm getting punished on a monthly basis with that rental fee. Um, so there's there's really no there's no wiggle room here. There's no easy way out. And I just love how we always hear about Bidenomics. What, what is it? Top down, bottom out, middle in? What does he always say? I don't know which directions he's going, but those numbers... Those numbers are going in the wrong direction, and I don't see any relief in sight anytime soon. 855-839-1210, the number. All right, we will come back. we got some calls to get to. People want to talk about all sorts of things from the Middle East to the border to Maine with the shooting. We'll get to all of your calls when we come back. Kale & Company, live here on a Friday morning on Talk Radio 1210 WPHT. 
This is the Kale and Company Podcast from Talk Radio 1210 WPHD and on the free Odyssey app. Tonight's the night. I'm talking entertainment, action, excitement at Pennsylvania's number one casino experience, Parks Casino. And the hottest entertainment is always going to keep you coming back for more. Thousands of state-of-the-art slots, 115 table games, the best sports book, as you know, on the entire East Coast. Joe Conklin's Comedy Night with New York's best comedy club comedians every other Thursday night and the best local bands every single weekend at 360 Lounge. So here's what we've got coming up. Headliners to the Excite Center at Parks Casino. Nicole Byer from Netflix nailed it Thursday, November 9th. Chris Isaac, Friday, November 10th. And then on November 17th, Howie Mandel. November 30th, round out the month with Aaron Lewis on a Thursday. And Friday, December 15th, Michael Carbonaro. Parks, the ultimate destination for all the action, excitement, entertainment. We always have so much fun on Parks Nights, as you know. Plus, free parking, valet parking, electric vehicle charging stations for everybody. For all things Parks Casino, just visit ParksCasino.com, P-A-R-X. Parks Casino and Sportsbook, this is how you win. Must be 21. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. We've got the tapes of Jamal Bowman. We've got a follow-up to our famous Gen Zer who hates the fact that working a 9-to-5 has taken away her social life. It's all still ahead I, this morning, baby. I also have something that you also don't know. I'm going to call you out on something. Oh. And I want to see... I want to see what your reaction is. Is this doing, like a so. ma- is this like an Ask Us Anything Mailbag Friday? Well, no, it's oh, okay. it, it's it's not. Somebody pointed it out yesterday. I just want to get your take on it. I think I I okay. think I, I think I know where you're okay. going. I think I know where you're All going. Right. I'll put him on blast too. That's fine. Seven forty-five. Yes. today. Eight five five eight three nine twelve. Twenty minutes from now, I'll ask you that question. All right. Also, I'd like to thank Dawn Stenslin for the fact that oh. I am um, I haven't had anything to eat since six p.m. last night. Because, as Dawn was saying, Nick, you need to get your physical on an annual basis. You're going to be 40 years old. <laughs> so I'm going to get the other you know, routine blood work today at 11 a.m. So, of okay. course, they told me, 12-hour fasting period. Do not eat or drink anything after whenever you go to bed. So You can have water. I have water, and they told me I could have black coffee, which Yum. is fine. I usually drink my coffee black. Okay. Um, but uh, nothing, I am starving right now. <laughs> like, I'm, I'm ready to eat my sneaker. Uh, it's going to be a good show. It is. You're going to be checked uh, out by 8.30. But I'm gonna be, by the, when the cut sheet comes to a close, I'm going to either be dead tired <laughs> like Joe Biden or I'm going to be miserable. Yeah. 855-839-1210. Let's get uh, Ed in Delran. He's got some thoughts on the Middle East and the impending World War III. Ed, good morning. How are you, pal? Good morning. I am very good and always a pleasure to talk with you guys. And here's the thing. The thing is... That Biden, why did I almost think it's like a Saturday night skit where they woke him up and they said, hey, Joe, sign this. We got to bomb the Iranians because they're attacking our troops. They woke him up from a deep sleep. Yep. Yep. Nineteen and, different and times Americans have been under attack, though. So yeah, I do understand the, re- the reply. Yeah, well, I'll tell you what else, too. I think that every dang thing he touched, he destroyed and screwed up. I mean, you were going through the litany of the disaster that this guy's created for this country, and it's pathetically sad. Geez, I thought Carter was bad, and I was only 16, and I remembered it like yesterday. The guy had freaking gas lines where people would wait for hours, and then you'd get up front, and then they'd say, uh, gee, sir, you're going to have to come back on your next day. You're on. Un- 
even, odd or even day and get gas because we ran out. We got none left. Yep. Oh, my God. If he gets another term, we'll have that in this country because he's destroyed the energy industry. And you, the only oil we're allowed to get is the stuff from the foreign governments that hate us. That is correct. And, and many people and in, in generations older than me have certainly said Jimmy Carter, worst president of their lifetime. I think there's a lot of people that live through, like Ed, that live through the Carter administration and now living through the Biden administration that would come to the conclusion that Biden is actually worse. And you talk about what's going on in the Middle East, and I know I gave you the Trump-Biden breakdown with the economics, but think about this. With Trump, you had peace in the Middle East. There was no new wars. You got the Abram Accords assigned. Uh, signed. You completely took out ISIS. Now with Joe Biden and the Middle East and any war on terror, you had the terrible with disaster of a pullout from Afghanistan. You left behind weapons for the Taliban. Um, you have Hamas attacking Israel and attacks on U.S. bases in Syria. So you just put them on the scale, and again, it's the scale clearly leans more favorably for Trump versus Joe Biden. Uh, let's get to, how about that? Speaking of Joe Biden, let's go to Biden country. Scranton we go. We've got Gomez on the line who wants to talk about Biden and immigration. Gomez, good morning. Yeah, thank you for taking my call. I was born in Philadelphia, Northeast Philadelphia, 38 years. I, I still have family in Philadelphia. Yeah, Bro Biden is toxic. They built a highway, a street, and it's like Broad Street in downtown Scranton. He's toxic with fentanyl. It's killed over 100,000 Americans and 8 million illegals in three and a half years. I'm Hispanic. Joe, the modern Democratic Party is completely toxic, more toxic than COVID. And, and we're, if we get him in next time, we're going to go down the drain like the like the Titanic. I agree with you, Gomez. Imagine the Titanic actually going down the drain, like in your bathtub. Like, how about that, Gomez from Scranton, yeah. fired up, and he's right. The Democratic Party is completely different from where it was twenty, twenty five, even fifteen years ago. Even at the beginning of the Obama administration, completely different. And we've given you some of those numbers with the African-American community, with the Latino community, how Joe Biden's uh, approval has dipped there as well. And now you're looking at it in, in almost every poll across the board. I'm trying to find, there's, there's one poll. Um, it was the one that just came out from New York yesterday that had him like actually up a little bit when you factor in RFK and, um, oh God, uh, drawing a blank on his name now, the other nut job. Uh, <laughs> Cornell West. Cornell West. <laughs> Thank you. Don't <laughs> that was cute. Yeah. Hey, guys, um, Anthony and Daniel, if you're listening, I just printed for Nick the Gallup poll. Okay. You can grab it off the printer. The, the Gallup poll that says Democrats ratings, Democrats rating fell 11 points, the lowest of Biden's presidency, 37% yeah. Yeah. overall. That's 30, what you're getting to. Yeah, 37%. So it's just so bad on so many levels. All right, we got a lot of people with different topics that want to talk this morning. I like this. I feel like I'm on the other uh, sports station. I'm like a switchboard operator. I'm just yeah, <laughs> punching up uh, phone numbers. Uh, let's go to Ann, who's in Springfield, has got some thoughts on gun safety as we were talking about the mass shooting in Maine. Ann, good morning. How are you? Yes, good morning. I'm fine, thank you. And you? I'm doing well. You are doing well. Um, just as quickly as I can here. I'm looking at my certificate that I earned as a sharpshooter when I was on the, I was actually captain of my high school uh, girls rifle team. Wow. Uh, and we practiced at the local Marine Corps, uh-huh. Marine and Naval Corps, uh, Corps Training Center <laughs> yep. under 
under Gunnery Sergeant uh, Richard Pelequin, and uh, I com- we competed against Swarthmore High School, Springfield High School, and we were Ridley Township High School, and we won it all. Wow. And we got from that the greatest respect for guns and gun safety, and that was the objective of it. And I think that's part of the problem now is ignorance, especially of these legislators. Um, so many of them, I will bet, would be afraid to pick up a, a, a gun, much less learn anything about it. Well, I'll tell you this but, much. Uh, I'll tell you this much, Ann. I think anybody that comes across you and gets out of line yeah. is going to be afraid to, <laughs> afraid to deal with the repercussions. Come on, man. <laughs> well, we used 22 rifles, and I'll tell you, that's what snipers use. Uh-huh. And uh, I got the trophy for the sitting position, and I... I Probably would have made a good sniper, but I would never was in the military. Oh but wow. this was back awesome. in high school, back in the day, yep. Delaware County, Pennsylvania. So okay, well, yeah. Ann, thank you so much for the call. It's awesome, and I'm sure they have gun girls gun clubs <clears throat> across our region now, right? Yeah, in Delco and uh, yeah. beyond. A- Ann's got a T-shirt that says "F around and find out." <laughs> <laughs> we love it. I, I, I mean, it's an interesting point. Like r- rifle uh, classes in mm-hmm. school, like I, I don't know. That doesn't exist anywhere today, does it? Oh, are you kidding? No. Come on. No, we're all supposed to be so afraid, and the opposite, to, to her, to Anne's point, yeah. the opposite happens. Yeah. You're, you're ignorant, you're fearful, and then on top of it, you can just hear it. When people in the media, it's just, you roll your eyes. When people in the media or some of these lib lawmakers when they're talking about fire they have no idea what they're talking about that's correct 855-839-1210 what's on the cut sheet coming up at 745 before we get there the ufc and bud light let the boycotts begin we're back after this on kale and company it's kale and company on demand from talk radio 1210 wpht and the free odyssey app friday morning here on kale and company as we roll on nick dawn and greg Talk Radio 1210 WPHT. What's on the cut sheet coming up at 745? Our morning mystery movie clip at 920. Another chance to win a $50 gift card to the Metro Diner. It'll be 81, 82 degrees tomorrow. By the way, secured a golf partner for today. <gasps> I'm sure everybody was thinking about that, wondering if oh, you could get yeah, out there. Just, I couldn't sleep. A lot of chatter in the uh, YouTube chat on Twitter. Will Kale be able to play, play golf well, today? Woo. Well, I noticed yesterday in the uh, in the YouTube chat that Michael Pelka said that he was golfing yesterday at like 8 a.m. He's golfing every day. Yeah. <laughs> so jealous. Living the life. Yeah. <laughs> he really is. So do you care to tell who it's going to be? Oh, no. It's going to be uh, our buddy down the hall from uh, the, the B Morning Show, Bill. Oh, good, Bill. Yeah. Darn, how soon until it's the Jen, Bill, and Kale morning show? Oh, I know. I know. We're going to get replaced. We had an Odyssey trade. (laughs) Kale goes to B101 for two interns and a board op to be named later. Can you imagine him, like, talking up a, like, I don't know, what's a... What's a B101 song? Uh, Taylor Swift? Taylor Swift, I guess. Yeah, yeah. And they play all sorts of stuff. By the way, how they actually can justify not blowing their own heads off from, like, the third week of November through New Year's, <laughs> playing Christmas music nonstop for seven weeks. Uh, it's, that's big business, Like, baby. you think, you th- oh, I know it's big business, but. They yeah. get like a 30 share. I know. But, like, you think it's <laughs> tough as a sports host in this city when you're forced to talk Eagles nonstop. Yeah. Yep. Imagine hearing Mariah Carey, All I Want for Christmas, for all seven straight I weeks. All I want for Christmas I love that song. is you. I do, too. But I do, too, actually. I love it when it first, you know, you love it for the first when it's, it's all shiny and new and we're yeah. looking forward to it. And then at some point yeah. when you're all stressed out about 
the gifts you haven't bought yet for yeah. people. And your credit card's maxed out. <laughs> exactly. 30% interest. <laughs> and you're like, curse it. Yes. 855-839-1210. So, I, look, I, I have said on this show that the Bud Light-Dylan Mulvaney marketing partnership is the hands-down worst marketing decision, the worst advertising campaign in the history of corporate America. And I think it, the the proof is in the pudding. You know, six, seven months later, whatever it's been, Bud Light has not recovered. Uh, and so what does Dana White, president of the UFC, do? We gave you the story last week that he has partnered with Bud Light to make Bud Light the official beer again of UFC. So that is either incredibly gutsy or incredibly naive and stupid, or maybe Dana White just thinks that the UFC is bulletproof and they will not face any backlash, but it looks like it has begun. The Daily Mail with a story saying that UFC fans are now threatening to boycott the sport after it announced a $105 million a year Bud Light sponsorship deal as supporters continue to fume at the beer company for using trans activist Dylan Mulvaney in advertising campaigns. They go on to say that there are growing calls from UFC supporters to boycott the sport. The Brewer, which was formerly the number one best-selling beer across the country, but has since lost that ranking after partnering with Dylan Mulvaney. Uh, This equates to 87 million euros per year. Or 105 million a year in American currency, the dollar, uh, with Bud Light. Uh, Bud Light's investment will give the company significant presence in the octagon itself with their branding dominating a large part of the floor space or the canvas, the mat, so to speak, while also being used on other sponsorship material. Uh, however, there is already fallout stemming across social media. Surprise, surprise. People are angry on Twitter. Go figure. Uh, but I, I do think this could hurt UFC. Uh, a couple of people saying the following. Slamming the sponsorship uh, sponsorship announcement on X. One critic said, I have been a loyal 30-year fan. Since UFC won, but in 2024, I will no longer watch or purchase UFC events. The deal with Bud Light is a deal breaker for me. Another unimpressed viewer added, quote, UFC announces Bud Light as its official beer in partnership with Anheuser-Busch. Go woke, go broke, hashtag boycott UFC. A third comment also gave their view, stating, quote, how unfortunate I have to boycott UFC now. No more pay-per-views. UFC and Dana White have lost my money and my viewership, while another also fumed, saying, people, it looks like it's time to boycott UFC and keep boycotting Bud Light. I got to tell you, I do think this is going to backfire on UFC. I don't know if they'll see a 30% dip in pay-per-view buys or viewership numbers or anything like that, like Bud Light saw with their decision to go with Dylan Mulvaney. But there there are a lot of, uh, let's just call it what it is, a bunch of uh, alpha males, um, meatheads that love themselves some UFC. I grew up a boxing fan, and once boxing was dead, I spent all of my time when we talk about combat sports, and I know it's not real, it's scripted, but I, like I'll watch wrestling, you know, WWE, WWF. I have never gotten into UFC. I don't know why. I think I would like it. I just have no, never. I just, but you know, a lot of what it is is the amount of pay per views they put out. Yeah, it's, it feels like it's watered down. It's also very expensive. I think there was seventy nine dollars or plus, whatever. Plus, you have to uh, be a subscriber to ESPN Plus. Yes, so that's a monthly subscription that okay. you need. So you uh, have it then. 
Uh, yeah, I have everything. Like literally, I I have every streaming thing you could possibly okay. want. I have. Um, yeah, I'm nuts. I know that. It, it, here's the thing for me. As I've said, I I won't buy Bud Light, but I'll still drink it if it's you know like my fantasy football draft. If there's a keg or a case of Bud Light, I'm not going to turn down a free beer. I'll still drink it. But with this boycott, you know, I, I look at a couple of things. Will it impact UFC a little bit? I think it will. But I got to tell you, as a fan of sports and you know, coming from a sports background growing up and having done sports media, if the NFL, and I, I think Bud Light is actually the official beer of the NFL, yeah. I do not think I would get, if I was a hardcore consumer of UFC, I don't think Bud Light would get me off of watching the product. And as much as I disliked the BLM stuff with the signage and the logos in the NFL, back of the end zone, end racism, uh, spread love, spread joy, like all of that stuff, even with the Kaepernick stuff, yep. with the, the pigs on the socks and the Trump rebuttal, like I was against all of that. Did I leave watching the NFL? No. Yeah. I didn't. I didn't. I didn't want to see it. It turned me off, but I still consumed the product. So I, I, I don't think this is going to have the same impact that the lack of purchasing Bud Light had over the last six Agreed. months. Agreed. Agreed. People, look, where are these quote-unquote boycotts coming from? Social media. Everybody has a voice now with stupid social media, and everybody's dumb thoughts uh, are put out there on Twitter and Facebook and everything else. So, of course, the loudest people are always the ones who like, I will never purchase a UFC thing again. So you'll get a bunch of... Of, of tweets and yeah. Facebook posts from people who are angry about it. But at the end of the day, if there's a pay-per-view or whatever that they really like, of course they're going to watch it. I mean, of I course think, they are. I think there are still a select few out there that really don't watch the NFL anymore because of that or don't watch the NBA anymore because of that. But I think ultimately over time, if you do leave, you come back. Yeah. We, we saw the NFL numbers. They went down in 2017 and 2018, but then they picked back up. And, you know, they're back to being exactly where they are. And they never lost the number one spot. The NFL was always still the by far the, the runaway leader in viewership of sports. So like, could I see a 5 to 10% dip in UFC for three months, six months, you know, four pay-per-views over the course of the winter months? Yeah, I could see that. But, you know, this is like one of the few things that, like, men that love seeing other men just get pummeled <laughs> will absolutely gravitate towards back to. Because yeah. boxing is dead because the heavyweight division is dead. Most grown-ups have outgrown wrestling. I'm one of the few that actually still watches that ridiculous garbage. Yeah, you are. Uh, and I have no problem admitting it. But, like, UFC is the last real, truly entertaining fight sport, yeah. so to speak. Real, so, too. Yes. <laughs> totally real. Yeah. Um, and ballsy, by the way, too. Yeah. Yeah, I, I don't... Look, you know, we were talking about this yesterday. You could look at it one, two ways. One, Dana White is a businessman, and they offered him a ton of money, and he accepted it. Or you could look at it as he, he's loyal to uh, an organization, a company, that, that stuck with him at the very beginning when nobody else did. So right. you can look at, look at it from the loyalty aspect. But also... You know, if people are going to be upset about him, this sponsorship, then like, okay, then vote with your vote with yeah. your feet or vote with your eyes. Don't mm -hmm. don't purchase it. I'm not yeah. saying not to do that. Right. I'm just saying that I I don't. You know, everybody on the YouTube chat now is like, oh, you have to have principles. You have to stand by. Okay, great. Like, but this is the way but, to do it. Like, if you're going to really hit somebody where it hurts, 
The, the way you do it is through the financial of boycott. Of course. And, and, and by the way, if it hurts Dana White's bottom line enough, then, you know, then y- your voice is spoken. I just don't think it's going to do it. Yeah. You know I what I mean? Either. Like, it's just not, this is, to your point, this is a good, this was the boycott of Bud Light itself worked. Yep. It worked like I've yeah. never seen anything else. But to boycott a company. Yeah, and, and also don't have the expectation that every boycott will be as effective exactly. as the initial Bud Light exactly. one, right? Yeah. So, pretty interesting stuff there. Um, we will get to Elon Musk and the one-year anniversary of him purchasing Twitter on the back end of the cut sheet today. But uh, right now, 7.45, right on the... I've hit this thing every single day this Woo! week. Have you? I think four out of five. Four out of five. I remember... We were, we were late yesterday. And I remember one day we got in at 7.51. Yeah, we were like six minutes late yesterday. Yeah. It's probably we my fault. I was yakking on. No, we were having great conversation. Okay. That's what we do on this show. There's no dead air on this program. <laughs> Let's get to what's on we're the cut passionate. sheet. on this Friday is brought to you by our good friends at Cherry Hill Volvo where they have ample inventory of brand new and beautiful pre-owned Volvos. Enjoy the luxury experience you deserve. They always go the extra mile for their customers because relationships matter at Cherry Hill Volvo. Check them out at Route 70 in Cherry Hill. Cherry Hill Volvo where relationships matter. Thank you Cherry Hill Volvo for sponsoring the Friday and always the best edition of What's on the Cut Sheet. Guys, I want to get to this first because this is just so great because we were talking about this yesterday and it's almost like they were listening <laughs> and they uh, they answered our calls. Yesterday we were talking about Jamal Bowman, the squad member who pulled the fire alarm back in the end of September. Yep. Mm-hmm. Said it was an accident. And he, uh, he, he, he maintains that still to this day that he wasn't trying to interrupt anything. And we kept saying from day one that we only see the still image of him doing it. So we know he... He did it. We said that if you see the before and after the video of him, that will tell the whole story. It will show us the intent. Because if if you pull the fire alarm by accident, you your reaction is like, oh no, what yeah. did I just do? Correct. Well, the video has been released, folks. Go over to YouTube, youtube.com slash at 1210WPHT if you want to see it. YouTube.com slash at 1210WPHT. By the way, if you're watching right now, please hit the like button. And if you have not done so, hit the subscribe button. I'll give you a second to get over there. But first, I'm going to play uh, Jamal Bowman yesterday. Okay. Still standing by the fact that he was not trying to do anything. He was not. It was just. It was. It was an accident. Yep. It was an accident, guys. Cut uh-huh. nine, uh, Phil. Not trying to disrupt any you know, official government proceedings. So I'm glad, you know, the uh, investigation found that that was the case. Uh, the misdemeanor charge of pulling the alarm, I admitted that from the very beginning. So, you know, got to gotta take responsibility. You got to take responsibility, uh-huh. guys. Got to take responsibility. Okay. Well, let's go to the tape, shall we? As Warner yeah. Wolf used to say, uh, let's go to the tape. Um, <laughs> so, uh, all right, this is this is up. Obviously, video only. YouTube.com slash at 12.10WPH if you want to see this video. Uh, Phil, if you want to put that up there, cut three here. Jamal Bowman clearly uh, taking, he walks over. Yep. Takes the signs down. Down goes one. Down goes one sign. Down goes the second. Pulls the fire alarm and walks away. All in stride. All in stride. Like, it was one motion. That's correct. It's like me taking down Christmas decorations. Mm -hmm. Down goes one, down (laughs) goes two, and then down goes the third one. Can you play that one more time, Phil? There we go. He's walking to the door, pulls the red sign down, pulls the next one on the other side of the door down, pulls the fire alarm down in less than a second. Yep. Like, he looks like a professionally trained fire alarm puller. (laughs) My question is, my question is, this, this, uh, keep, uh, 
kind of play it on a loop if you yeah. all guys. Um, my question for you guys is, because there's a lot of people that want to see this video. Um, my question for you guys is, is that w this video obviously has been out there. Yep. Why, why do we only see the still image. I know, and, and I, I mentioned this a few days ago, I said, what is taking House Republicans, well, we know what's taking them <laughs> so long, but what's taking the GOP so long to get this footage released mm -hmm. and have it demand? This should have been the, the rallying cry from yep. day one. Absolutely, absolutely. I mean, this is, th this tells the, the entire story. Yes. He, he did this on purpose, the end. Look how calm he is, too. Yes. Mm -hmm. Like, it's like he's done this 20 times before. <laughs> the end. <laughs> I mean, there was no slip up and nothing. He did, and, and by the way, it looks like did he drop the second sign on the floor? It look, yeah. Let me look. Or is that a yeah. shadow? He puts, he takes the signs, takes the other sign. Dro yeah. Yes, he drops it on the floor. Yeah, he just scattered. Yeah. He he littered. This is uh, all right. So where is? Okay, we have the proof now. Now yes. what? This is a threat to democracy. Uh, yeah. This is an insurrection. I need people in prison for months. Due process rights violated. The whole bit. I ask you guys then. Now what? I mean, he's already been... Demand that he be removed from his job? It, right? I mean... I think that at the very least... Well, I think they should appoint Liz Cheney uh, <laughs> and have a panel <clears throat> to investigate this. <laughs> you know? It's yeah, amazing. Well, what day did this happen? Do we remember the date? September 30th. Okay, so we need the September 30th... Um, uh, tapes. We need the September... Th everything that had January 6th on it, I yep. need September 30th. Yeah. I... I mean, there's no... He, he needs to... So not only are squad dems stupid, they're also, stu they're also stubborn. He needs to be censured, right? I mean... <laughs> no, like, I'm, I'm, you, I mean but I'm serious. Why, why should... I mean, the House Ethics Committee, uh, among others, should investigate it. They have subpoena power. They should get him under oath. Mm -hmm. Yep. And they should play it. And they should... It, clearly, the fact that he took the signs down was actually yeah. stupid because it shows... A premeditation. He's yes. taking the signs down. Then he pulls the alarm. Right. He clearly was trying to stop the vote. And and to, to be really serious about it, not for nothing, but well, that's all we've heard about for two and a half freaking years is, oh, they were trying, they were attempting yeah. on January 6th to stop Congress from doing a vote. Well, he was clearly trying to de delay. A, a, this is a physical action caught right there red-handed. And also, not to be overly dramatic or extreme, but let me just point you to paint this out for you. I mean, let's face it. There's a lot of dinosaurs in Congress, right? We have Dianne Feinstein, 90 years old. A lot of people that are up there in years. You know, what happens if you pull, you're Jamal Bowman, you pull the fire alarm, and one of the uh, the elder members of yep. Congress yep. Uh, panics and drops dead of a heart yep. attack? Yep. I'm just saying. Mm -hmm. Peter but the, but the, Here's the bigger issue here, though. The bigger issue that we've been clobbered over the head with is dangerous to democracy, danger to democracy, that this was violating the Constitution. Yeah. And that's really, to be honest, that's what he did. This, he yeah. was trying to delay an actual vote of Congress. This yeah. is what a 16-year-old does in June when they didn't prepare for the final exam and panics. <laughs> this is what Greg Stocker did at St. Pius X when he, he wasn't prepared for the geometry final. I may or may not have done this in my lifetime. Uh, that's why when the whole thing happened, I was like, oh, God, he, 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 he of course he knew what he was doing mm -hmm. because we've all, well... I'll just speak for myself. I've been there. So, yeah. like, I know exactly what I'm doing. Yeah. I want to delay something because I'm not prepared for it or whatever. 
uh, which is exactly what he did. Peter asked on the YouTube chat brings up a great point. They purposely waited until after the trial so he couldn't be hit with double jeopardy. Mm-hmm. He is guilty. Like, it, well, and yeah, he's, al- he's already pled guilty, a plea bargain. He's well, there's no pay- trial, but right. Yeah. But they thou- can charge him. Well, yeah, with thousand th- dollar fine, and he's uh, on probation basically. And as long as he doesn't break the law again in three months, his record will be expunged. Yeah, God. but they can charge him with the same kinds of federal crimes that those individuals. There were, I mean, my God, how many are there? Hundreds of individuals. January 6th, yeah. and I think who he never was, hurt anybody, right. but went into the Capitol, yep. and they were char- accused of, even though nobody was convicted of insurrection. Yep. This is, I mean... Guys, just one more time, uh, Phil back there, I'm going to play Cut 9 again. I want to play his words. This was yesterday, before this video was released, mm-hmm. uh, when he was uh, turning himself in yesterday. This is what he said to a reporter, Cut 9, go. I'm not trying to disrupt any you know, official government proceedings. So I'm glad, you know, the uh, investigation found that that was the case. Uh, the misdemeanor charge of pulling the alarm, I admitted that from the very beginning. So, you know, got to gotta take responsibility. You know, you got to assume, and I know it's always dangerous to assume, but he's got to be intelligent enough to realize there's security cameras there. And everything's exactly. on video. Yes. So why you are going down kicking and screaming and staying with your original story and not having the thought of, you know what, there's probably going to be a footage released. I Let me just get this out of the way and get it over with. Because eventually we'll forget about well, it and move on anyway. Well, let me ask you guys a question. Do you think that he is standing by his ground here and doing this and saying he did nothing wrong because he knows nothing will happen to him? Yes. Yes, absolutely. Because he's a squad dem. Yeah, um, I I just like something needs we we've we've said that for weeks on the show that that these tapes you know the before and after need to be released they were released and they show a, a gentleman who was guilty as hell for doing something and it is if, it's appalling that nothing is happening to him. If Trump would have done this, they would have given him the firing squad execution. <laughs> Absolutely, <laughs> yeah, seriously. Um, all right, Nick Hill, I got to call you out on something. Yeah, I've got, I've already, see, unlike Jamal, unlike Jamal Bowman, I've got my retort ready. I already know where you're going, uh, I think. So uh, yesterday, yes. uh, Nick Kale, you went to uh, uh, our good friends at Piazza Auto Group to test drive. Correct. Uh, what did you test drive? Uh, the Acura MDX SUV. Beautiful. The uh, Mazda CX-30 crossover. Okay. And the all-electric Hyundai Ionic. Okay, can you put up, uh, uh, Phil, if you can put up the tweet that Nick put out yesterday of uh, the beautiful car, one of the cars, I guess, that you tested over there. You that go. was beautiful. the first one, the MDX. Beautiful. Look at that. Yeah, it goes for 65000 Great. Look, nice car. Nice, I, re- I recommend it. Nice interior. Uh, our buddy Sid Weiss, yeah. so if you want to see this, go over to YouTube, youtube.com slash at 1210WPHD. Our buddy Sid Weiss, uh, uh, as he always does, he's our sleuth of the radio station. Yeah. Uh, he went over to the dashboard to look at the radio station that you were listening to as well, this was happening. I uh, was uh, not listening to anything. Can you okay. put can uh, can you put Sid Weiss's tweet up there, uh, Phil, uh, for everybody to see on YouTube? Uh, in case you, you you're listening and are not watching, uh, "Dance the Night" from the Barbie album by Dua yeah. Lipa. Right. So um, that if you look at all four of those pictures, 
That was the <laughs> car that was turned on that we were not even driving. Um, the sales guy at the Acura dealership <laughs> said, here, let's turn it oh, on. Oh, sure. Blame the sales guy. Gonna he say. goes, I'm going to show you some of the features. We'll <laughs> yep. walk around. You can take some pictures. He's giving me some, you know, some bullet points to talk about this beautiful vehicle yep. next week on the show. So uh, the music wasn't even playing. It was completely down. And I have no idea what that station is. I was just taking pictures to post on social media. <laughs> but since Sid has no freaking life and doesn't get laid, he has to oh, zoom no. in to do it, Lipa. Do it, Lipa. Is a beautiful wife, a beautiful Sarah, wife. that we know. Yeah, yeah. We know. <laughs> look at it. So, if you look at the uh, if you look at the presets, there we have ninety eight point one WOGO, one of our sister stations. Yeah, uh, a, a sports station that I believe is in twenty seventh place right now. Right, that, that we, is that we are crushing. That's going. That's going to be um, out of business soon. All right, that I used to work at. At ninety eight point nine. I don't even know what that is. Oh, that's power. Uh, that's the uh, that's the uh, hip hop station. Oh, okay. So, um, well, how can you be ninety nine but yet be ninety eight? Power ninety nine because it's it's, well, it's ninety eight point nine. Yeah, but that's like calling us twelve ten and we're our dial's twelve twenty. <laughs> <laughs> not the same, not the same thing. Yeah, Lee Bo writes PhD's not even listed. Agreed, agreed. I, I, well, then, you know, then take it up with the folks at Piazza. Okay. I, I, I'm, I'm, just, I'm just there taking pictures. Yeah. Did you say it's ninety eight point three? Because ninety eight point three on yeah, HD no, is no, no, us. Ninety eight point nine. Oh. Which yeah. I guess if you round up, it is 99. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So you admit, uh, so you're telling us that that, that that was not what you were cruising around to. No. Okay. No. And I actually, when I when I did take the vehicle for a drive, once we got done posting those pictures and getting the tour around the perimeter of the vehicle, <laughs> we didn't things. even have the radio on because he was, the, the, the guy was telling me so much information about the vehicle. By the time we got back, that's all I heard. Nobody believes you, by the way, on the YouTube. Yes, I was dancing to Dua Lipa. <laughs> All right, I'm just saying. I'm just saying. If yeah. if that's what you, if, if this is what we have on the cut sheet, then Friday is no longer the best edition of the cut sheet. <laughs> so thank you, Sid Weiss. Oh, so now moving forward, here's what I got to do. Yeah, and this is this is not just Sid. This is everybody. And and this is why Greg Sec- Greg Stalker says uh, the following: that everything needs to be on Twitter. <laughs> Anytime you post a picture, folks, on Twitter. Make sure whatever your goal and intent of that picture is, yeah. that that's all the people see. Because if you post it too wide and maybe you have like a bookcase in the background or, you know, maybe your little hampers in the background, people will always look for something that has nothing to do with the point of the picture. I know. Hey, Nick, what's that book back on your shelf? Yeah. Nothing. It's the, I have the Phillies picture on TV. You, Just look at that. You have, to be, you have to be very careful about what you post on I know. social media. But you know what? Saying. I tell you what. Radio listeners, especially guys like Sid Weiss, the most attentive of the yes. bunch. Agreed. So we appreciate you. I just, had, I just had to call you out, making sure you weren't listening to the Barbie album as you were cruising around in, your, in that beautiful new Piazza. Yeah. Acura. In a blonde wig. And by the way, that vehicle, <laughs> 355 horsepower. Beautiful. Oh, beautiful. Nice. Um. <clears throat> I'm going to cut 16 here, guys. Uh, Representative Dean Phillips from Minnesota uh, is running for president. He's challenging Joe, uh, President Joe Biden in the Democratic primary race. Uh, Dean Phillips. He, now, he announced that this. Well, let me just say, okay, we can laugh. Nobody knows who this guy is. He's gonna. He's not going to be the next president of the United States. Uh, well, let me play the, uh, this is his interview that he did actually this morning uh, on CBS This Morning with uh, Robert Costa. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is what he said. Cut 16 here, guys. Are you running for president? I am. I have to. I think President Biden has done a spectacular job for our country. Oh, yeah. But it's not about the past. This is an election about the future. I will not sit still. I will not be quiet in the face of numbers that are so clearly saying that we're going to be facing an emergency 
next November. You know, I, I don't know what's the more delusional statement, the fact that Joe Biden has done a spectacular job or the fact that this guy genuinely wants to run for office. Who says that Joe Biden has done a spectacular job? Well, here's here's my it's not really what he's a, he's a member of the Democratic I Party. Know. Of course, he's going to say know. that every Republican is going to say Trump did a spectacular. I job. know. I got it. Um, the, the point of this is that if 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 more people are if if you factor in RFK, yep. Cornell West and now this guy. Like, yeah, they're going to siphon away votes. That is not a good... Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's not a good... Now, look, he's not going to get past the primary, so at the end of the day, it doesn't really matter. Right. Um, but I just, it's just interesting to me that uh, there's a lot of people that are... I I think that this guy speaks for many in the I, Democratic Party. In regard to Joe, like Joe being a relic of the past and it's yes. time to... Yeah. I mean, I think most people say, obviously, Joe's too old and we have to get younger and we can't be the... the, you know, the apparently, the, the party that appeals to Gen Z yet trotting out 80-year-olds and 90-year-olds and you know, people coming off of strokes and things like that. So I, I'm with you from that standpoint. Uh, yesterday, the Senate Banking Committee met to hold a hearing on crypto and how it is being used to fund terrorism in the light of reports of crypto-funded terrorism. Uh, a member of the Banking Committee <clears throat> is Pennsylvania State Senator, or Pennsylvania Senator, excuse me, uh, John Fetterman. <laughs> Showed up yesterday in his best hoodie. Yeah. I thought... By the way, Sam Bankman-Fried's testifying today, speaking mm-hmm. of crypto. Didn't, wasn't there, like, didn't they rule that, like, yeah, yeah, Fetterman has to w- wear a suit I'm now? glad you brought that up. Yes, they they went back and, re, uh, they're, uh, you know, reinforcing the fact that you are a, <laughs> you know, an elected public official and you have to dress appropriately. And, and apparently, they haven't enforced it yet. Well, I thought the day after, he, he showed up in a suit, but... Yesterday at it, this it was hearing, Schumer, it was Schumer that said it, right? Yeah, but was he on the floor? It's only when you're on the House floor. Okay, so where was so he? when you're in a committee, like it, when no when House you're floor, a, wow, or oh. Senate floor, I should say, not yeah, obviously yeah. not the House. So when you're in a like a committee hearing like this, you don't you don't have to. That's remarkable. You can wear whatever. I I would say honestly, I would say the opposite, right? I, I would say he should be in a suit every time he's in any of these settings, short of being in his and, own office. And the disgusting black hood, like oh god, just dude, bro, you're you're a yeah. you're a. You're I saw a, this. I'm that's why I'm wearing a black hoodie. Pennsylvania today. senator, <laughs> yeah, me and uh, Fetterman. He started off uh, in Fetterman and I. In, in, <laughs> by the way, we have a bad grammar story to get to later today Ooh. as well. Um, we have a. Uh, this is how he started off uh, his questioning. Uh, cut seven here, Phil. It's Thank you for all being here today, uh, experts. And it's always a treat to be here when I'm able to talk to people much smarter than I am. <laughs> Which is in every setting, 24-7. <laughs> Joe Bin. <laughs> Look at that. Boy, and even the... Well, if we could get a zoom in on the on the hoodie. Even the, uh, the neck collar and the sweatshirt is stretched out for this guy. Yeah. God, what a Sasquatch this guy is. He's like the Jack Link's jerky guy. You ever see that guy just staggering around in commercials? That's Fetterman. Yeah. Um, he then uh, he asked the witness, uh, should crypto exist? <laughs> Again, a guy who has no idea right. what he's talking about, right. questioning people who are way smarter than he is. Mm-hmm. Cut six. This last time I was in this very same chair, we were talking about crypto. And I asked the experts and I said, 
uh, a couple questions, and they were kind of fundamental. Is like, and I just want to ask you as well too, as experts, um, should crypto exist? In other words, is you know where should it exist? Where, where? You know, ninety five? Why should it endure? If anyone has any answers. <laughs> How, if you if you're somebody that's an expert in any field oh and that guy's grilling right. you on anything, how do you how do you take that seriously? How do you not laugh in that guy's face? Oh my god! Should it exist? Well, yes, it should exist. There's got to be regulations. There's got to be control. You got to know what's going on as far as who's um, you know capitalizing in on it, and you know the whole Sam Bankman Freed thing with the whole crypto was a uh, FTX. I mean, you can't have people getting their life savings ripped away like, yeah. through Ponzi schemes and all those sorts of financial charades. But yes, it should exist. Elegant Mass eighty eight says uh, he looks like he's ready to hold up a convenience store. <laughs> <I know. laughs> and you see the tattoo on his top left forearm yeah. showing there as yeah. well. Just what an embarrassment! I just like. Uh, Which, by the way, disgusting I'm sweatshirt. Like, ugh. I'm anti-tattoo if if you can't cover it up in the work setting. Really? Yeah. Oh, come on, old man. I am. Like, uh, yeah. I, I've thought I've thought about getting um, a tattoo sleeve down my entire arm, but then I realized I don't want it to be showing below my golf polo where my shirt cuts off, like just before my elbow. Yeah, I think when you're in a professional setting. Um, now cover up your ink. And I'm not anti-ink. I have my own tattoo, but um, it's covered up at all times unless I take my shirt off. Um, yesterday we played the clip <clears throat> and had a discussion about the Jewish students at the uh, Cooper Union University in New York City who barricaded themselves in a college library yep. uh, during a pro-Palestinian rally. Uh, Martha McCallum yesterday interviewed Taylor Rosalind uh, and her lawyer, uh, she was in the Cooper Union Library uh, as it was happening. She describes uh, what the scene was like there. So uh, I think this is a pretty interesting because we played the, you know, we played the really short video clip of it yesterday, and you know, you saw these Jewish students. There was only a handful of them. They had this huge pro-Palestinian rally. They were banging on the doors yep. and saying "Free Palestine" and all kinds of stuff. Um, how did that? feel to you know the people in there she has a good uh she has a good answer here this is cut four guys so taylor roslin uh shot that video and she joins me now along with her attorney gerard feliti uh senior counsel at the lawfare project um thank you both gerard and taylor for for being with us today um taylor let me start with you tell us what what happened what happened when you were there um, well, it was just a regular protest um, for the first couple of hours with people on different sides, um, just holding up posters and chanting what they wanted to say. But after that, once um, I felt like the protest was over, a group of religious Jewish Cooper Union students um, ended up in the library um, when the rally decided to try and get into the library as well, um, very angry and very loud. The school barricaded the library doors and locked us in there, along with um, some other students, to keep us safe from the rally that they allowed to enter into the building. So what do you think that the school, that the university, needs to do uh, about this situation? Um, I'm not sure what I feel like they need to do, nor do I exactly know how to respond to that, but I definitely feel like they should be doing something. Yeah, you know, Gerard, I, I heard um, a panel on Fox Business earlier, and one of the 
students on that panel said, you know, adults need to get involved here. Uh, th- this can't happen. I-, I think, as Taylor just said, you know, the protest. You know, that's a great question. Mm-hmm. W- w- the teachers. I know. Like, where, All the administration. Where Where were they? Yes, and, and everybody. Where, in that library, was there a, a teacher? Or was it, you know what I mean? Like, like where yeah. Where were the adults? In that's well, a great question. And we did have the question yesterday, who decided to lock those students in? Was it that, Was it the students that felt under attack? Yep. Was it the, uh, the pro-Palestinian uh, people? Or was it the school? It looks like the school said, yeah, just stay in here and we'll uh, we'll deadbolt the uh, the door shut. Well, I mean, this student seems to be very, like, level-headed. Like, she was like, look, I, they can protest whatever they want to, yeah. and it was it was a fairly mundane, peaceful protest until this happened. Until it wasn't. Um, yeah, so anyway, so we hear from her uh, lawyer, now. I'm going to pick up right where I left off there, guys. That was peaceful for quite some time, and that seemed to be manageable on both sides but this kind of intimidation and and banging on the windows and having to be locked in place for your safety um it feels like the university needs to address this situation don't they yeah by the way if you're watching right now on uh youtube you can see there's like a glass window on the side yeah and and you can see the students they're banging on it with signs and everything mm-hmm. like that like how how intimidating yeah. and like uh, they're, the, the they're door clearly, is shaking they're clearly like that's not a that's not a peaceful protest no, no, when you're not. when you're protesting at people no. when you know somebody I mean? has to be yeah. locked into in a spot yeah. to, to ensure their safety yeah it's no longer a mostly peaceful protest yeah we talked about yesterday if you were watching on youtube when greg was playing it, it you could see that some of the protesters were holding those big signs and banging on the window as their eyeball almost like you know eyeballing the people the terrified students inside mm-hmm. so that that moment for me said it all. Yes. This was like, we're coming for you. Yeah, exactly. Oh my gosh. Um, somebody on the YouTube chat says apparently there was a professor protesting. Well, that's that's the other Great. thing, too, is that is that a lot of the professors there oh, yeah. uh, are symp- sympathize with We this. have quickly realized just And not how the Jewish far, students, by yeah, the way. I'm sorry. No. Just how far left-leaning these institutions are. Yeah. And uh, how do you stop it? You do what they're doing with Harvard and Penn. The billion-dollar donors... Yeah. Pull the funds out. Uh, we hear from the lawyer here. We continue where we left off. Oh, it, they absolutely do. And this is part of the problem. The problem is that the university system, whether it's Cooper Union and other colleges across the country, have failed to adequately address these concerns and to provide for the safety of Jewish students and all students. What we're seeing is Jew hatred at its finest. We're seeing what has transpired go from microaggressions and systemic Jew hatred to what is now overt support for foreign terrorist organizations and people chanting uh, the, the slogans of designated foreign terrorist organizations. What we are seeing next is outright and overt violence and that is the danger this is what these colleges need to be addressing they should not be allowing protests to reach the point where jewish students are intimidated let alone feel unsafe and have to hide in the library because yeah. there's nothing being done so what i mean this this student who's holding this poster and there there are other things like this um talking about wanting a clean world tailor i mean what goes through your mind when you see this i you know where is this coming from? When you look at, can you imagine that seeing, mm-hmm. like, as a Jewish student, seeing yeah. somebody holding a sign? Well, we uh, we want a clean world, and there's a picture yep. of 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 the Jewish star of David in a in in a trash yep. can. And th- I mean, look, I love free speech. Free speech lives here, but this is why I've said that there's there's a ceiling, there's a cap on wh- how far you can go and what you can say. <sighs> yeah. This to me personifies like this is kind of the cutoff point. Anything beyond this. 
I'm sorry. I, I'm, not, I'm not getting on board with that. Yeah, I I understand what you're saying about the about the hate speech thing. I just it's just it seems. You know, this was clearly intimidation. Yeah. Um, but it just seems like a now, very would, slippery slope to go down. Would these individuals have uh, acted on their words if the doors were opened up? Would there have been physical harm? Yeah. I don't know, but is it worth risking? No. You know, I, I'm glad they lock, at least locked the door. Uh, we let this uh, student uh, finish here. Uh, I'm going to continue where I left off, guys. A, a, a young woman, probably about your age, where is this coming from? Um, personally, I don't feel threatened by pro-Palestinian rallies or anything in that sense. Everyone has their own right to be doing that. But I definitely did feel threatened when there were chants calling for the murder of Jews being chanted at me from my fellow students. Oh, my God. Did you ever think that you would experience anything like this at, at your college? Um, no, definitely not. Did you sense before October 7th that there were these sorts of... Um, emotions that were underlying on, on your campus that that obviously sprung to the surface when they watched what happened in in israel and then they saw the response um no prior to the events on october 7th i've never felt any of that and and what about the things that you've been you know we, we talk a lot about the concerns about safe spaces on college campuses and you know, trans issues and all sorts of issues that college students have spoken out about in the past. You know, these individuals, are they aware of, you know, of what Hamas is capable of and, and how intolerant Hamas is? Of course not. No, they're not. <laughs> um, I definitely am not sure of how educated on the topic people from either side of the rally were yesterday, but I can definitely say that many people holding posters did not actually know what those posters were implying. You've seen a lot of people that are part of the pro-trans protest movement or the BLM protest movement. They've made their stance very clear. They are against Israel. They are against the Jewish people, which is interesting because they always talk about inclusivity and everything else, yet they're not inclusive at all when it comes to those of Jewish descent. And even now, it's going. To, it, this is spreading beyond academia. Coca-Cola uh, apparently has been caught taking down and deleting the mentions on their corporate website of BLM donations yeah. after pledging their support. Coca-Cola is supporting Hamas. Think about that. Yeah, I, I, I don't, you know, getting back to the, to the free speech and the hate speech issue, it's just, it's not, you know, so Tom Walsh on there says the hate speech is still free speech. I, I, I you know. But it's I, not consequence free. Agreed. I just. This is beyond hate speech. When you're banging on a on yeah, doors no, I, yeah. and windows, yep. and and you are point, you are are jeering and banging and holding up signs like we want to kill the Jews, and you're pointing your arm yeah. and waving and screaming at some Jewish kids inside. They want to this cleanse is, the world. They yeah. say. Oh my God, this is way beyond. This is a threat. It's yes. a terroristic threat, and you are directly, personally threatening somebody and pointing they have, at them. They have the same objective end goal that Adolf Hitler had. So if, if so, if you want to defend that, okay, then you're pro Hitler. I'm this, not. Yeah. The fact that this is not a bigger story, and I know there are, there we have a manhunt, and we have now strikes in the Middle East. I get it, but this to me, it, it, this is a huge story mm -hmm. of American. And again, I just want to, I just want to say, I have to say it again. 
what if these were African-American kids yep. and this was a white supremacy yep. right, type KKK group? Can yep. you even imagine? Nope. Well, speaking of that, you now have Jewish advocacy groups that are calling for Major League Baseball, the NBA, and the National Football League to end support of Black Lives Matter because there's the crossover here that there are many people that are pro-BLM that are leading these pro-Palestinian, pro-Hamas protests. Yep. So, uh, Tom Walsh writes, this is an attempted riot. Words do not injure people. I'm I'm with Tom on this. I I I just want to be I want to be very careful about the uh, the the words harming people because even that student, you know, she didn't seem too affected by what they were saying yeah. or what they were protesting. It's the threatening nature of them banging on doors and windows, right? Um, regardless of what they were saying, yeah. you know what I mean? Like, like it's, it's, it's the, it's, it's the actions more than what they were saying that yeah. I have, that I take huge right. issue with. Yeah. Yeah. Words don't offend me yeah. at all. Uh, so how, how prevalent is this on college campuses? UCLA, uh, this video was shot yesterday. Uh, protests were, uh, going on at the UCLA campus, uh, with the chance of, we want Jewish genocide. To your point about Hitler, Nick, mm-hmm. I mean, w- w- at what point point do we all raise our hands and be like, guys, we've already done this. Yeah, we, we, it doesn't end well. Right. Like, what is ha- you know, we can't keep taking a blind eye to this. I know. This is this is out in the open. We're three weeks in. I never thought it was going to be like this. Eighteen, when we talk about this. eighteen to twenty-four year olds. You had a stat the other day yep. about about the amount of eighteen to twenty-four year olds. Yeah. that believe. That Hamas is in the right. Right. It is staggering. It's it's the generation gap difference here. It's the gen well, it's the Gen Z crowd versus the Gen X versus the baby boomers. It's there was a there was a story there was a story that I don't think I printed out for you guys and it may have been a, like a, a a Twitter thread, but it it just showed how TikTok right now is being used by pro Hamas forces mm. to kind of put this propaganda out there. So is the federal government going to step in now and silence well, that, and censor those people? That's a great question. And 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 you know, our dopey Gen Z can't get their heads out of TikTok mm-hmm. and this is the crap that they see. Of course. So, you know, it's it's a Anyway, this is UCLA, uh, a protest that was going on there on the campus. Cut 11, guys. It's unbelievable. Chanting for a genocide. This is, and by the way, this isn't a small number of people. Are these people aware what the word genocide means? That's a great question. I don't know that they are. That's a great question. Um, but let me just also mention this as far as the social media thing goes with TikTok. So that is being allowed and permissible on TikTok, this uh, anti-Israeli hate. Yet we had one person say we in this country, a man went to jail over a meme for Hillary Clinton. Think about that. Somebody posted a meme that was against Hillary Clinton and is in jail. And yet this is permissible on TikTok. Okay. Okay. So what do you, how do you, what do you do? What do you do about this? Because clearly this is a, this is, this is a powder keg that is just 
you know, there was a report yesterday that w- the NYPD was warning Jewish people to stay out of Brooklyn. I know. Think about that. Protests. Yeah. Not only is this conflict being fought in the Middle East on the ground and through the air, as I said a few days ago on this show, I'm telling you, you're going to actually have clashes on the streets in cities in the United States. That's going to happen. There, yeah. I, I will. I would wager a significant amount of money that that will happen at least one time as this thing continues to escalate. Yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't disagree with you. Because somebody's going to go too far and go beyond just banging on a door yep. or having to lock in students in a library. It'll end up being a brick through a window or a flaming garbage can through a business. It's, it's going to happen. Um. All right, moving on for a second. We'll get to the uh, the, the gun control stuff that was being spouted yesterday uh, in one minute, but I just kind of wanted to put a bow on all of this, and I wanted to get Dawn's opinion on this. So Chris Cuomo yesterday admitted, because he used to work at ABC News, right, Dawn? Chris Cuomo used to work at ABC yes, News. Yes. Um, so apparently after 9-11, he claims that the suits at ABC banned their reporters from wearing American flag pins. Did you ever hear the story? I, I, I never heard that this happened. According to Chris Cuomo, cut 10. Um, you know, it's interesting. You know, I've had people the first time since 9-11 and the war on terror, people have been commenting on social media that I shouldn't say we when we talk about America. I wasn't allowed to say this then, uh, but I just don't care now. I am an American, and I report as an American, and I think about America's interests when I support. You know, back on 9-11, they wouldn't let us at ABC News wear a flag pin. I always thought that was wrong. I'm an American. I'm worried about the American hostages. I'm worried about our interests. Um, and that's one aspect of why I care. What do you think would be the reasoning behind that? Does that show lack of objectivity as the journalist there? I mean, what? So, so you can't wear an American pin, but we can wear a Ukrainian pin. I don't know. Dawn, do you ever remember hearing anything like this after 9-11? Not right after 9-11, but I will say at that time, I remember that yeah, what they would do is they'll bring in a consultant. I doubt it was a manager who would have said it. They bring in a consultant. Okay. Another so the consultant is the one they bring you in and they say, you just had a baby. You need to lose weight. Or you know what I mean? They, that person comes in. But I remember because I had a uh, cross that Larry had given me, a Tiffany's diamond cross for our wedding. And I was told, you know, be careful of things that are, you know, like a cross or a religious symbol or a flag, you know, because you don't want to distract that's how they worded it. Distract but, who? Yeah, distract from what? Yeah. <laughs> but it was, we all knew what it, you know, they, it's the kind of thing where they're, they're saying this and poo-pooing that kind, wearing that kind of thing. They cannot tell you don't wear a sure. flag mm-hmm. yeah, or, sure. or your cross or whatever, but basically they made it known. And that was that was when I worked at yeah. uh, CBS. Wow! I thought sports radio brand managers were out of their mind. Are you serious? Mm-hmm. Wow. I mean, after the worst tragedy in this country death total since uh, Pearl Harbor, you were not allowed to wear a, a little on your as a, if you're a guy your suit jacket. I'd tell that consultant they can go yeah. on sand. Were you, uh, I, I just mean, think I would job. You know I, what I mean? Like yeah. that's that's the you know. <laughs> But the, I'm sure I would be curious to hear different different people's stories of how they worded it, yeah. how they approached it. Yeah. I seriously doubt it was a manager. It was somebody that they had as a regular because they always have that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You always have a, a a regular wardrobe person, a consultant. You know, but it's 
it's interesting how things have have changed because to the point that you were bringing up earlier, Nick, is yeah. that I I would almost guarantee you that some anchor somewhere has a Ukrainian. Oh yes, flag mm-hmm. pin on yes, and I pal. would say that that's more worthy of the conversation of whether or not that's um, deemed appropriate yeah. than the an American flag. Well, my question for you is is in you know kind of piggybacking off of what we were just saying. If somebody wanted to wear, if an anchor or somebody wanted to wear um, the Israeli flag as a pin, yeah. on there, I can almost guarantee you that they would say no. yes. Yes, based but, on what we've learned in these last three weeks, yes. But would. if they wanted to wear a Palestinian flag on their lapel, I guarantee you that there would be pushback and they would have to let them wear it. Yes. Yep. Yes, especially on MSNBC. I, I don't even think it's just on MSNBC. Yeah. I think it's on any, like, it, it, if you go to any yeah. local news and they wanted to do this, I'm yeah. sure that there would be... Yeah, I just an upcry. I'm, just, I'm still, I'm still, I'm, I'm thinking back to 2001 now and 2002. So we're talking 21, 22 years ago. You know, this this offensive cancel culture snowflake world that we live in, that we've been living in for, I think, eight, nine years, maybe ten to twelve years. I didn't think it went back that far. But th- this is where we have to stop losing our mind with society. We need to stop acquiescing to. The, the, the one percent that has something to gripe about. Yeah. Like, oh, God forbid Bob in New York is watching ABC News and of all the things he can be looking at on his television screen, he sees a little uh, two centimeter by two centimeter U.S. flag on somebody's jacket. Yeah. yeah like, I'm so tired of these crab asses. Just go away. <laughs> Just go away. I'm not going to live my life concerned by what one crab ass has to say. Manglemush on the YouTube chat writes, I think piggyback is Greg's most used term. <laughs> I love sorry, a good piggyback sorry. ride. Sorry. I I ask for uh, I ask for criticism. I ask for people to yes. call me out because sometimes I don't realize what I'm saying. So I appreciate that. Um Mike Johnson, the uh the, the Speaker of the House, uh, did his first interview yesterday with none other than Sean Hannity. By the way, every time we hear Mike Johnson, I have to remind myself that that's the new Speaker of the House. It just seems like such an ordinary, like Mike Johnson. Yeah, I know, I know. So Hannity asked him about a lot of the criticisms from the left. Um, there's there's uh, past comments that he's made on gay marriage uh, and abortion that have been out there, um, that have been out there uh, come to uh, fruition now that he is a speaker of the house and Hannity asked him about that. I'm going to start with cut 14, Daniel. Especially with uh, uh, the smaller majority. Yeah. Um, already the, the press, the left have come at you and come at you hard. Mm-hmm. Um, specifically, I'll give you two big issues. One on the issue, you, you once worked for the Alliance Defense Fund, a Christian advocacy group. Yep and comments you had made both in writing and advocacy for this group about homosexuality, calling it sinful, destructive, um, and and not supporting gay marriage. Um, quote, no clear right to sodomy in the Constitution. You have been getting hammered on this. Yeah. And I want to ask you about it. I want to know exactly you know, where you stand. Some of these comments were 15 years ago. I don't even remember some of them. I, I was a litigator that was called upon to defend the state marriage amendments. If you remember back in the early 2000s, 
think it was over 35 states, somewhere in that number, that, that the people went to the ballot in their respective states and they amended their state constitutions to say marriage is one man, one woman. Well, I was a religious liberty defense lawyer and I was called to go in and defend those cases in the courts. Let me, let me state this very clearly, and, and there's been questions about this. Let me say where I am. Anybody that knows me will tell you this is true. I am a rule of law guy. I made a, a career defending the rule of law. I respect the rule of law. When the Supreme Court issued the Obergefell opinion, that became the law of the land, okay? I respect the rule of the law, but I also genuinely love all people, regardless of their lifestyle choices. This is not about the people themselves. I, I am a Bible-believing Christian. Someone asked me today in the media, they said, it's curious, people are curious, what does Mike Johnson think about any issue under the sun? I said, well, go pick up a Bible off your shelf and read it. That's, that's my worldview. That's what I believe. And so that's I make your no personal apology. worldview. It's my personal worldview. But here's the thing. Everybody comes to the House of Representatives with deep personal convictions. But all of our personal convictions are not going to become law. That's, this is a, a, a big body of people. There's 435 members in the House. You have to argue and find consensus and all of that. So I have no agenda other than what's best for the American people and to defend the rule of law. And that's what we're doing. Okay, so a couple of observations. One, I think that's actually a really good question from Hannity. He kind of put him on the spot there. So kudos to Hannity for asking the the tough question. Yep. I thought uh, Johnson answered it really well. Um, and, you know, it seems like he's maybe evolved. I don't know if evolved is the right word, but evolved more so on the um, inclusivity of all people's sexual preference in life in 2023. Um, and look, this is what conservatives wanted. They wanted a guy that is a rule of law guy that is, you know, uh, no more rhinos. So this is exactly what you got. Uh, but also I would point out, you know, and I hate to do the, the flipping of the what about ism, but think about people's views from 1995 to 2023. I mean, we've gone back and played the sound clips of Joe Biden out there on the floor talking about, I mean, you, you listen to Joe's beliefs on these topics that were just discussed with Hannity yeah. 28 years later, completely different. Yep. And I'm not even sure that Joe believes it, to be honest. But this guy is pretty much a, a rule of law guy. He's a Bible guy. He seems to be um, pretty consistent in his beliefs. One more here. He says uh, he talks about the Dems calling him a, a MAGA extremist. Uh, cut 13. You got a very warm welcome from the DNC. They said you were a, an anti-abortion MAGA extremist. Mike Johnson. That was their, their first words. Welcome you. Well, oh, yeah. Welcome, to, welcome the to the your new job. Then they went on to say that you were the co-sponsor of instit, uh, to institute an extreme abortion ban. We'll get into detail nationwide. Uh, you want to cut Social Security and Medicare. And here's some free advice from Mike Johnson. And that is uh, don't get comfortable. We've been here before. This is the same exact MAGA extremism that the American people uh, have already rejected, and they will do it again. I thought that was the warmest welcome you could ever want from the Democratic Party. How about Party. that? Yeah, welcome to the job. Look, they don't, they don't know me. A lot of these people don't know me. And I, I think um, if they would talk to some of my colleagues here, even on the other side of the aisle, that have worked with me for the seven years that I've been on Capitol Hill, uh, they would tell them that those things are not true. Um, give me a chance. Let me, let me have a chance to lead here, and you'll see what I'm really about. So I would I would have said if I was Mike Johnson, I don't really care what the left thinks about me. I'm not surprised by any of these things you're saying, Sean. But I would also say there's a lot of Republicans that don't know anything really about Mike Johnson. He's kind of a political newcomer. He's been in the politics game as as you know, as much as Trump the last eight years. Yeah. And he's not a career swamper. 
Um, all right, we're talking. We were talking uh, earlier, and your big take this morning, uh, Nick, was about the move. All it, it's the predictable move every time uh, there's one of these shootings that happens. I I hate to use the word mass shootings because honestly, mass shootings happen every weekend here in I know in Philadelphia. <laughs> so yeah. you know, for they only seem to get attention when it's something when it's situations like these as horrific as they are, and they should get attention, uh, but you know. Dawn reports every, literally every morning about uh, shootings, mass shootings that happen uh, right here in our beloved city. So, um, when 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 a situation like this occurs, uh, it's always the predictable. Um, uh, we need to ban guns, and yep. then the other side is like, "No, we can't ban guns." Second Amendment, and it's this back and forth, and it right. never it never goes anywhere. So let's play some um, people talking about uh, uh, gun control. Let's start with Delaware Senator Chris Coons was on CNN yesterday uh, discussing this. I'm going to start with cut one here, boys. No other advanced industrialized country has this challenge, where day after day after day there are mass shootings all over our country. Um, all of us should reflect uh, on our willingness to commit ourselves to the safety of our children, our schools, our communities. If you can't go to a bowling alley or a movie theater, a synagogue or a church without having to worry about an armed assault, um, then frankly, we are not protecting our own people in the ways that we should. That's because no other advanced industrial nation has the mental health crisis that we have. We have so many people in this country that have something wrong between their ears. Um, I'm sorry. We can bring up Australia and their, their gun ban. We could talk about how Israel doesn't really have a Second Amendment. But no other nation has the mental And you would think in this nation, with all the technology we have, all the opportunity, how great life can be in this country, you would think we would be the happiest group of people on the, on the planet. Not the case. No. Uh, you played this earlier. I'm going to play it again. Kamala Harris uh, yesterday speaking at the State Department with uh, Australian leaders, of course, goes to the um, Australia gun confiscation that happened in 1996 after uh, one of their shootings. This is what she said. Cut eight. Once again, routine gatherings, this time at a bowling alley and a restaurant, have been turned into scenes of horrific carnage. Doug and I mourn for those who were killed, we pray for those who were injured, and grieve with so many whose lives are forever changed and impacted by what happened. The Biden-Harris administration will continue to provide full support to local authorities. And as we gather details, we must continue to speak truth about the moment we are in. In our country today, the leading cause of death of American children is gun violence. Gun violence has terrorized and traumatized so many of our communities in this country. It's like she lost her place. And let us be clear, it does not have to be this way. Mm -hmm. As our friends in Australia have demonstrated. All right, so you got to... And with that, then, yeah. there we go. 
A little bit of the uh, fifth grade uh, delivery for Kamala, like she used to uh, talking to nine-year-olds. Uh, but what she's referencing is starting in 1996, Australia collected about 650,000 privately owned guns in a mandatory buyback. They also established a gun registry and banned pump-action shotguns and semi-automatic rifles. Australians can now only buy a gun if the government deems it to be a genuine reason, uh, which predominantly means for sport or hunting. I think there's no doubt about it. The Biden administration and the left, they would love to get to a point where we are just like Australia. Uh, Corinne Jean-Pierre says yesterday that uh, we need to work to together to uh, ban assault weapons. Cut five. Common ground. Let's work together to ban assault weapons and high-capacity magazines. Let's work together to enact universal background checks, require safe storage, of guns and keep guns out of the hands of criminals and dangerous individuals who have no business being armed with a weapon of war. Well, I would say this. Let me start with the last thing she says there, criminals with weapons. This is coming from the administration and the political movement that wants to decriminalize everything and let people back out on the streets with no cash bail. So, that, no, that's not applicable. I'm sorry, Corrine. I would also like to ban her binder so she has to give a press <laughs> speech without looking down every two seconds. But, no, this is, this is not about ban... Because same people have AR-15s, people that live out in the country, people that live in the city. Some people have seven, eight, nine different guns. And you know what? They have them locked away. They have them in safes and storages. Sometimes they're hidden behind walls. You never know. Uh, but sane people don't walk into bowling alleys looking for their ex-girlfriend and then murder 18 people. That's funny. I've never seen an AR-15 just start shooting itself. Yeah. There has to be a guy behind it or a gal behind it with some sinister intention. Uh, <clears throat> CNN's Jake Tapper with no... Uh, always, always in the mood for some flair and for some showmanship. He's in Israel right now saying that only in America would an anchor standing in a war zone have to go back to the U.S. for news about something more violent. Cut to. I said it before, only in the United States would, a, would an anchor standing in a war zone have to go back to the United States for the breaking news because there's something more violent happening there. Breaking news in our national lead, at least 18 are dead, 13 injured after two mass shootings in Maine. Suspect. By the way, let me just say this. And Saying this, that's th more... Yeah, I, I, this is going to mm. sound callous, and I, I, I don't want mm. it to. But to compare what Hamas did yeah. to to uh, the Israeli citizens, yes. and this it, it is a stretch. Well, and it's it's also mathematically not true. I mean, as sad and as horrific as awful. it is, awful. Eighteen people versus fourteen hundred. Uh, you don't need to be a math major to figure out the difference. Yeah, I'm just going to say this because I had to look it up when she said it. Um, accidents have traditionally been the the leading cause of death in children. And young adults in America. So I know there are a lot of headlines in the CDC, and it's obviously tragic with the with the you know with the increase in in gun in the in the violence and the shootings. Mm -hmm. But I, according to the National Safety Council, National Center for Injury and Prevention and Control, injury is the leading cause of death in children and young adults. So I, I, you mean wait, car accidents? All accidents. All accidents. Home accidents. You know, yeah. any kind of ac car right. accidents, home accidents. Right. Accidents are the leading I know. cause. It's, it's just we, Kamala Harris. I just fact checked her because I know that we, you know, I don't want to get into a big thing. I just. No, that's fine. If she's wrong, let's fact check her. When she said that, I was like, hmm. Yeah. 
Um, yeah, I, I mean, you know, Jake Tapper standing in Israel and discuss and and talking about this just to make it just to put them on even you know, in even playing field mm-hmm. is just is just journalistic malpractice. In, yep, in my opinion. What happened? Let let me just say this: what happened in uh, in Maine was tragic and awful and should not have happened. But to compare that to what uh, the Israeli people are going through is just not, yeah. it's not even in the same ballpark. Uh, he continues. The still on the loose is a na- guy named uh, Robert Card, a suspected killer. We know he was committed to a mental health facility over the summer for two weeks, and he had made threats to attack a National Guard facility in the state of Maine. Now, Maine's gun laws do require courts to report any court-ordered involuntary commitment to the Department of Public Safety. Maine does not have what's called a red flag law. It has what's called a so-called yellow flag law, which indicates that a firearm can can be temporary, temporarily removed from someone if they're deemed by both a judge and a medical professional to be a threat to themselves or others. There you go. Okay. I have no problem with that. A judge and a medical mental health expert. I'm, I'm on board with that. Let, get it get it out of that person's hands. They should not be able to hold a punch. If you're not mentally stable, there's a lot of things you shouldn't be allowed to do, least of which is own a firearm. Well, that's that's what I said right? at the very beginning of the show of the show today is that it's if if the gun laws that were in effect uh, were actually enforced, then this guy wouldn't have had a gun, mm-hmm. and this wouldn't have happened. So there was some sort of. Uh, there was some sort of um, breakdown in law enforcement, if you want my honest opinion. Yeah. Uh, Congressman Jared Golden, he's a he's a Republican in Maine. Uh, he reverses course on gun control after the mass shooting in his hometown. He says uh, he takes responsibility for this failure. This is cut 15. First to ban deadly weapons of war like the assault rifle used to carry out this crime. The time has now come for me to take responsibility for this failure, which is why I now call on the United States Congress to ban assault rifles like the one used by the sick perpetrator of this mass killing in my hometown of Lewis and Maine. For the good of my community, I will work with any colleague to get this done in the time that I have left in Congress. Sorry, he's a Democrat, but I guess he was yes. he was not in favor of the... Uh... Yeah. Well, I mean, Dem- Dems definitely want to take away, you know, these these high powered weapons. Which, you know, I'm pro Second Amendment. I don't own a gun. Uh, I'm thinking certain. I'm actually very very interested in getting a, a handgun. Um, and I'm not one of these people that wants to ban these AR-15s. I personally don't feel like I need one. I think a handgun is sufficient. But if you want to own an AR-15 or any of these other weapons, I have no problem with that. Some people actually enjoy shooting them, going to the range. They get um, it's a hobby of theirs. You know, I, I mean, I collect X, Y, and Z. And they want to collect those types of things. I'm fine with it. But Biden's hell bent, and, and I, I love, and he, I'm telling you, he'll do it in the next day or two. The next time he's available to talk, which will be, I don't know, probably in four months, uh, he'll come out and he'll do his same thing. We banned him once, and I'm going to do it again. And he whispers. Uh, one more, and then we'll get to Don's big three. Uh, we haven't played a clip from him in a while, so I just figured I'd pull one. He was on with CNN's Caitlin Cole. What do you buy? Ron DeSantis is who oh. I'm speaking of. What do you buy? Like, he's doing a lot of. Uh, CNNs and uh, ABC News, and he was on Morning Joe. That explains why I haven't seen him. Well, here's the here's my question: is is that when he when when he doesn't become president or he doesn't become the nominee, 
this is hurting him. This this run for president, in my opinion, is hurting him in the long run. Do you agree with that? I totally agree, which is why I've jumped off the ship. I think he's being advised by some terrible people right now. Like this this presidency run may sink his political career. He's not going to win. He's he's more conservative than Trump is. So going on CNN, he's not winning anybody over there. Yeah, they hate him too. Uh, Caitlin Collins last night asked him if he thinks he can beat, uh, uh, or if he thinks Trump can beat Biden. This is what he said. Cut 12. If you get that done. And you don't think Donald Trump can beat Joe Biden? I, I, I don't. I mean, I think that um, I, I think that. Would you endorse him if he is the nominee? Well, I've already said that I signed the pledge. I'm supporting yeah, a Republican do you, nominee. Do you think it's real? Well, for me, it is. I mean, I think when, when you sign something, I know some people don't, don't do that. But when I agreed to participate in the debates, I knew what that meant. I knew whoever comes out of that process. But here's the thing. I'm not just going to take my ball and go home. I'm going to do follow the process, respect the people's will. I think ultimately, you know, they'll make the judgment that that I'm the best foot forward and I think we'll get it done. But look, at the end of the day, um, I'm not going to just cry in the corner. I mean, I think Biden needs to be defeated and I think a Republican needs to do it. Okay, so that's a yes. Governor Ron DeSantis, thank you for your. Caitlin, she thinks she's real tough, doesn't she? I I just don't I don't know. I don't know what the strategy is for him I going on these. Uh, the shine is totally yeah, worn off. It, it, it's doing him a lot of damage, yeah. and I think that in the long run, this is going to hurt him politically a lot. Well, once the he, way it hurt Christie. Once he taps out, um, you know, he will have what two and a half years or so left as the governor of Florida. But then the question becomes, and I and I said this two months ago on the show. I said, is he even salvageable? As the Republican primary frontrunner in 2028. It's a great question. Because we're sure. talking. We're, People have short memories. Yeah, but we're talking, I mean, about a month from now, we're going to have the Newsom DeSantis debate on Fox <laughs> with Hannity. But by the time we get to 2028, like, I, you know, people think, well, you should have announced earlier. I, I, I don't think it really mattered when he announced. I think we were eventually going to see that. His, his personality is just terrible. Yeah. It's just terrible. He's just awkward and it's bad. To, to your point about that, listen yeah. to how tentative he was. He, he had false starts. It allowed her to jump in because she, she, yep. she constantly interrupts. It's annoying, but he was tentative and he was not. Come on, is that who you want as your commander in chief? Yeah. Did he come off confident? I mean, just let's just say as a media, let's say we were just looking at this as like one of those, you know, groups that looks at things, mm-hmm. you know, kind of just surveying him. Yeah. He doesn't look confident. No. He's he's stumbling on his words. He's he's sort of stuttering in and out. Too it's many just, people got in his ear. Yep. This, agreed. You. This is hurt. This this will hurt him. This is hurting him in Florida as well. Yes. So like. I don't. I don't know how long. Well, some Floridians feel like he, they've he's they've he abandoned I, them. I don't know how long his uh, term, how long he has left on his term as governor. Well, but... he just started the new term at the beginning of twenty three. Oh, did he? Got re- he got reelected in twenty twenty two in the midterms yeah. in the fall. Yeah. So okay, yeah. but like he'll have two plus years left. I I think this hurts him tremendously, and he could be done after this. I agree. I after, don't know where he goes from there, term. and I don't know. And there's no way he's. I mean, first of all, let, let's be honest. We brought up Chris Christie. Chris Christie obviously pivoted to a career in media. DeSantis does not have a career in media. Yeah. He would be atrocious yep. on television Agreed. as a media person. Agreed. So. Agreed. Yeah, I, I I really think that this could hurt hurt him in uh, 2026. 20, he could be gone. Yep. I mean, think about like Scott Walker and all those guys like that. You know, we're supposed to be the next it factor and fell by the wayside. That's correct. Yep. Well said. All right. That'll do it for what's on the cut sheet part one. Uh, we'll go uh, big three. Yes. Sir. Let's go to Don Stenzel's Big Three at eight. 
It's the Big 3 at 8 on Kale & Company. Big 3 sponsor this morning by Malvern Retreat House on this beautiful summer-like sunny Friday. Grief and shock this morning as the family and co-workers of a beloved SEPTA driver cope with his murder as he was behind the wheel of a SEPTA bus. So new details this morning. Philadelphia police confirming this morning they've taken a female suspect into custody, not naming her and not naming any charges. But we're certainly learning more about the driver and victim identified as 48-year-old Bernard Gribben driving that Route 23 bus when he was shot six times mid-morning yesterday, shot in the chest and the stomach right near Germantown and Abbotsford Avenues. And they say that Mr. Gribben lived in Abington, Montgomery County, with his wife and family, a 12-year beloved, valued employee, as they're describing him, of the Transit Authority, as well as a United States Army veteran. So surveillance images, very disturbing, showing the woman stepping off the bus, then turning back and firing toward the driver. She then re-enters the bus and fires again and again, This, according to Philadelphia police and SEPTA, saying this is the first time in the history of of the city that a bus driver has been shot and killed on the job, on duty like this. Uh, The shockwaves continue this morning. TWU, Local 234, the union, of course, representing SEPTA workers, the biggest uh, union, 5,000-plus of the SEPTA employees. They say they've been calling for safety measures for many years And right now, after this murder, they want the National Guard involved, threatening a work stoppage because, as you know, they've been amid contract negotiations. But that contract expires October 31st, next Tuesday. Wow. Yeah, just a couple days away. So this is certainly fueling that that situation. And that really brings us to the mayoral candidates meeting right here in our same building, Odyssey World Headquarters, at our sister station, KW News Radio, Democrat Sherelle Parker, David O, the Republican. They were very cordial. They've known each other for many decades. But what did they say about making the city safer? David O blaming Krasner and his policies. Parker saying she's not going to go there because he's an independently elected official. But Democrat Sherelle Parker doubling down on saying that, yes, she supports a stop and frisk policy to help deter crime and other you know, tool in the toolbox for law enforcement in Philadelphia. Mm-hmm. We had, you know, more than 500 murders, if you think about it, in 21 and 2022. Republican David O calls stop and frisk and a, quote, invitation to failure, saying it divides, divides police, divides communities of color, wow. disproportionately impacting, um, di- disproportionately impacted by the policy. Mm-hmm. So calling that out. So, in this one, does Sherelle Parker, the Democrat, does she look more conservative, aligning with police on this one? And former Mayor Michael Nutter, remember that was right. essentially what separated him from the pack mm-hmm. before he was elected. Yeah. By the way, did Dom and Rich uh, moderate that yesterday? No, that was KBW News Radio. It's like it, be, it would make as much sense as Lester Holt and Kristen Welker moderating the third RNC debate that's coming up. <laughs> did you see that headline? Yeah. 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 Um, by the way, it's it's odd because there's a lot of um, there's a lot of issues that Sherelle Parker is actually to the right of David O. On. Yes, yeah, it, it's a weird dichotomy. I, you know, look, beggars can't be choosers, um, but I do think with with her, if you want, and you're resigned to the fact that you know, in a seven to one city where the Dems always going to win, 
Uh, if you want, if if crime and safety is the number one issue in for Philadelphia, I think of all the Democrats, I mean, I think she's the one that takes it the most seriously. Yeah. Now we'll we'll hold her feet to the fire. You got to come through with your 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 talk, sure. but um, I think you should feel relatively good about that, as good as you can, considering all the the factors here. Yeah, I mean, as far as the National Guard, she doubled out on she doubled down on that one. Yep. And that's something that Mayor Kenny has said that absolutely he would never do that. Yeah. And David O said something to Greg's point further, you know, to the left, to the left yeah. saying, well, you know, there's this look of, you know, the military in the community and you already have many communities, especially black and brown communities that are wary of, you know, these uniformed law enforcement officers and military. Yeah. I thought, wow, that's. It, it's sort of opposite land. You know, if you just follow the law, you have nothing to worry about, folks. Let's, keep, let's, let's not make this complicated. So uh, also in the big take this morning, as we think about, um, well, what, what, the second thing I'll say is Jill Biden visiting Philadelphia today to announce this new Nickelodeon show in honor of National Civics Day. So the First Lady and Nickelodeon announcing it. It's a short-form TV series that's educational. Yeah. Teaching kids all about civics, all about the Bill of Rights. It's going to be called Well-Versed. And they're kicking this off with some original pop songs, 12 music videos. Hosted by Mark Summers, formerly of Double Dare. (laughs) I'm just kidding. So uh, she'll be, by the way, right down the street at the National Constitution Center, so that is happening this morning. They're making My wife some, is really girl. <laughs> some uh, big announcements. And speaking of music and music videos, well, one of Nick Kale's favorite people. Uh, who, Dua Lipa? <clears throat> well, not Dua This is one of Nick's favorite people just reached uh, billionaire status. Oh, let me guess. Sailor Twift. Sailor Twift, mm. uh, Berks County, Pennsylvania native, is now her, her total net worth $1.1 billion. Thanks to something that Nick Kale contributed to financially, yes. the record-breaking Eras Tour. Yes, baby. <laughs> sing, sing, throw your hands in the air, turn your cell phone flashlight on, and just act like you don't care. <laughs> By the way, now that she's a billionaire, can we get her off of NFL television on Sunday? <laughs> she's she. All right, mission accomplished. You're a billionaire, Taylor. Now stop showing up on CBS, Fox, and NBC when I'm trying to gamble on football. Can we just have an image, a video of Nick Kale behind one of the 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 piazza luxury vehicles and just in the vehicle singing to himself swing your hair i know we should do we should we should hook up a a, a camera on sundays for me when i'm watching the nfl we'll call it the kale cam yeah and you you, you just see me biting my fist every time they show taylor swift (laughs) i love it uh cnn saying sailor twift as nick says is not just a performer she's an economic phenomenon yeah so she's phenomenal. A, she's a pain in the keister. <laughs> we are sponsored by Malvern Retreat House. Visit them, the nation's largest Catholic retreat house located in Chester County. Malvern Retreat House hosting men's and women's retreats, couples retreats, spiritual direction, recovery retreats, and much more. Retreat from the noise and hear God's voice at MalvernRetreat.com. Kale and Company, Big Three. All right, Don. thank you very much. 855-839-1210. We wrap up the 8 o'clock hour with Ted in Swarthmore. Ted, what's going on this morning? How are you? Hi, Nick. How are you today? Hey, I just wanted to uh, uh, add to your conversation about guns and safety. People have to realize that uh, guns need uh, uh, training. Yes. You you need to be trained on a gun, and there are certain things you need to do, and everybody says, oh, my gosh, we can't do it. 
My grandson lives in North Carolina. Mm-hmm. He's six years old. His father has trained him with guns. He went to a uh, sheriff's shooting range mm-hmm. in North Carolina, and they were raffling off a Ruger twenty-two long rifle. Right. This six-year-old kid won the rifle. I have pictures of him. He doesn't have his finger on the trigger. He points the gun to the ground. So there are safety issues that can be taught here. We have laws in effect. Let's abide by the laws that are already in effect. Yeah, and there's plenty of classes and lessons you can take. There's ranges everywhere. I can't tell you how many times I appreciate the call, Tom. I'm out on a golf course, and all of a sudden I hear when I look over. I'm like, what was that? He goes, oh, there's a range. Uh, yeah. Like, there's ranges everywhere. Yep. So the fact that you can't um, you know, get the proper training that you need, um, I don't buy that at all. 855-839-1210. We will come back. Final hour is on the way, and we have the one-year anniversary of Elon Musk. And by the way, I'm going to pose a question that I will answer right now. Um, <laughs> the answer is yes. Okay. Uh, we will give you the question on the other oh. side pertaining oh. to Elon Musk and Twitter. Okay. Um, because as you know, I will jump off the ship once I realize it's sinking. Oh, no. I did it with DeSantis. <laughs> And I'll just leave it there. Kale & Company, final hour, coming up next. Stay right there. Parks Casino. We love parks. We love parks nights, not just Thursday night. I mean, they have so much fun, especially tonight. Friday night, October, means action, entertainment, excitement. Pennsylvania's number one casino experience, Parks Casino. And also, you know, the hottest entertainment. It's going to keep you coming back for more. Thousands of state-of-the-art slots, 115 table games, the best sports book on the entire East Coast. We all love Joe Conklin, his comedy night with the New York's best club comedians every other Thursday night and the best local bands every weekend, including this weekend, only at 360 Lounge. Hey, don't miss these headliners coming soon because we have Nicole Byer from Netflix Nailed It coming up in Thursday, November 9th, and then the 10th, Chris Isaac. Howie Mandel, Friday, November 17th, and then rounding out November, November 30th, Aaron Lewis. Friday, December 15th, Michael Carbonero. Parks is the ultimate destination for all the action, excitement, entertainment, plus all the free parking, valet parking, which I really appreciate, and the electric vehicle charging stations for everybody. For all things Parks Casino, just visit Parks, P-A-R-X, Casino.com, Parks Casino and Sportsbook. This is how you win. Must be 21. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Start your day with Kale and Company. Weekday mornings 6 till 10 on Talk Radio 1210, WPHT, and the free Odyssey app. Kale and Company, fourth and final hour underway. Nick, Don, and Greg, Talk Radio 1210, WPHT. Of course, we're live on the free Odyssey app, and you can watch us on YouTube, as many of you like to do. YouTube.com slash at 1210WPHT. Hit the like and subscribe buttons. Morning Mystery Movie Clip coming up in just about 15 minutes. We have another $50 gift card to the Metro Diner. Part 2 of the cut sheet and also what's on tap for the Dawn Show today and who won Twitter today. All right. Um, Speaking of Twitter. <laughs> uh, look, I, I am a guy who the moment I start to get fatigued, uh, exhausted, exacerbated by and from something or someone... I'll let it be known, and I I am not loyal to a uh, fault. I will jump ship if it's a losing cause. (laughs) Ron DeSantis, I'm out. Wow. This is is quite the way to start a segment, That is correct. (laughs) Philadelphia Phillies, uh, postseason run. You failed to get back to the World Series. I'm done. 
Uh, Sixers, you got smoked on opening night. I'm done. I'm done with Elon Musk. I'm done with him. And I'm not, not, not in a real negative way, but I've just reached the point where I think I see and hear too much of Elon Musk. It, it, in some ways, it's like Sailor Twift, where it's just like enough is enough. Um, I think the Elon Musk idea, the, the novelty, the act that is, has kind of jumped the shark. And I appreciate what he has done for Twitter. I love the fact that he believes in free speech. Uh, he's also a guy that has said he voted for Joe Biden. So, you know, Elon Musk, there's some things where I'm like, okay, I'm on board with, and other things I disagree with. Well, it's the one-year anniversary. Uh, yesterday, I believe, was the official date of Elon Musk and his purchase of Twitter. And since he has purchased Twitter, I think, for the most part, as far as the actual usage and the everyday minutia that is Twitter and doing this for my job and being on it, much to the chagrin of Greg Stocker, Way I don't, too much. I don't think too anything much. has changed on Twitter. I like these claims of uh, a rise in hate speech, and I, I don't see that stuff. Then again, I don't go out searching for it and looking for people that have an egg for an avatar or three followers shouting into the abyss. But the Wall Street Journal and Axios has kind of uh, quantified the decline of Twitter in this last year, now known as X. And by the way, I think. Going from Twitter to X was kind of stupid. The fact that you have to pay for a check mark, stupid. Um, I, but I get it, capitalism, the whole bit. Uh, and now there's the idea that you might have to pay a dollar per year just for the basic function of being able to tweet. I also think that's stupid. Uh, but the Wall Street Journal and Axios reporting that uh, the daily active users on X has fallen from October of 2022 when he purchased it to October of 2023 by a percentage of 16%. Although X is saying it has momentum reporting this month its own data that show 1.5 million people signed up for X every day, up 4% from last year. In other key metrics, from October of last year to September of this year, Twitter's mobile app download fell by 38% globally, that is according to Axios, And in addition, U.S. mobile app downloads also plunged by 57% during the same period. Monthly active users fell by 18% in the U.S., and web traffic was down 7% globally, according to Similar Web. The average time spent on the site fell by just 2% globally during the third quarter. But, you know, the reason I bring this up, and it's not so much specifically about Twitter or X, but Elon Musk is in the news again when it comes to another website that is very popular. Not sure if people saw this, uh, but he has made an offer to purchase Wikipedia, which is, if you don't know what Wikipedia is, it's like a biography page for people or celebrities. I think, I think really anybody can have one if you're willing to create it and pay whatever it costs to create one. No, I don't think you can pay for it. Really? No, it's, it's crowdsourced. Okay. So they create it, and that's the key to it is when it first came out, people said, no way, this will never work because it's it's just crowdsourcing. And people can edit it on your behalf, and you have no say in that, right? Right, but you can submit... Um, you can submit an... You know, you can put in there, you can go in and edit and submit documentation if they're wrong. To appeal them To appeal it. Okay, misinformation. Right. And that... So that's how it goes. Okay. But it's... 
fascinating to me how it has evolved because initially people said this is horrible. Yeah. Actually, it's especially for, you know, reporting on issues Uh or, or let's say science or anything. It's actually pretty good. Okay. So Elon Musk has offered Wikipedia $1 billion. This guy's way too much money. I, I know. This is why I'm so <laughs> sick of this guy. To change the name from Wikipedia. Yeah, I saw this. I think this was a joke, though, wasn't it? He, well, he's he's claiming... Don't say what he... Yeah, he just take out the W and replace it with, with a, a D. D. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. It's like, oh, wow, well, you used a D joke. That's funny. I did that when I was in, like, sixth grade, buddy. <laughs> um, the owner, the co-founder, uh, Jimmy Wales, said that the website is, quote, not for sale. Elon Musk wrote, I will give them a billion dollars if they change their name to insert the D in place of the W. Please add that to the low and in brackets, cow and poop emojis on my Wikipedia page. He continued in another post, in the interests of accuracy, he says. So I think he's claiming that the Elon Musk Wikipedia page is littered with inaccurate statements about, but again, Don, you just said you can appeal it, yeah. so like, why he doesn't do that is He can go me. in and, and appeal, not even appeal, he can go in and he can change it and he can even submit whatever information mm-hmm. to refute whatever because because yes people can write stuff in there yeah. and then somebody reviews it and well, that and, sort of thing and but, think about how much with the internet social media and websites in the last year and a half how many times have we heard the word misinformation or disinformation on this show like the the internet mm-hmm. is just littered with stuff with half truths and yeah, fallacies and all this other stuff so he says i'll give them a billion dollars if they change it and please add that to my wikipedia page in the interest of fairness with all the other uh crap that is posted on there and uh he goes on to say that you can always change it back after you collect but i do expect a one year minimum of you changing the name from w to d i mean i'm not a fool lol he wrote um so i'm just at the point now uh, where like i'm done with elon musk I, he's awful to listen to which like we shouldn't do there should be a mandate on this show we will never put him on the cut sheet ever again unless he's running for president let's not hear from him here's the problem he can't too. run for president he's not born here well, is he's he's a billion dollar or he's a billionaire troll he's got too much time on his hands and and he just he likes to he likes to do things to get headlines remember the yeah remember we all bought the the cage match that he was going to have with Mark What's Zuckerberg. Yeah. So and, and, you know, I was the only, I believe I was the only one on the show that said that that was never going to happen. Right. Um, and I said I would buy it if they fought. I would. He, he just likes to do things to get attention. And he has taken Twitter and literally run it into the ground. I don't mean from a content standpoint. I, to your point, what you just said. The metrics are the facts. I don't see any difference in my timelines or whatever, what I post. Right. I think having to subscribe to get the blue check mark is stupid mm-hmm. um but for for our part to be a you know a radio station and post clips like we do every day um it allows you to post longer videos so oh, does I, it? So, yeah so that's how you've been able to post these eight minute clips i from have our show. subscribed to it because mm-hmm. i can because we can post longer videos on it that that have been getting a lot of yeah because it used reactions. to be what, two so minutes and 20 seconds was, was the max yeah so so i just i was like hey if i just subscribe to this i'll get to you know post longer videos yeah. so that's 
that's what I've been doing. You put that on the Odyssey card, right? Um, sure. <laughs> <laughs> this isn't coming out of the stalker funds. Well, here's the, you hate that damn app. But here's the thing. Yes, it's a it's a it's a necessary evil. You know what I mean? Like yeah. I I do hate it. I hate that you and Don and Rich and Dom are on it as much as you are. Uh, you all shouldn't be, but you know it's your thing. You can do whatever you want to. Um, uh, uh, but from a, just a a show promotion standpoint, I mm-hmm. think there's value in it. So I do see that from uh, that uh, f- from that lens. Yeah. It's just when I, I, I look at a lot of these people, whether it's – and I get it. You know, these people are celebrities. They're, they're multimillionaires. They're billionaires in some cases. It's just I, I get a – I have a shelf life. There's an expiration date on a lot of people for me. And, you know, it's like the DeSantis thing with the word woke and woke goes to die. He, like the woke thing is totally yeah, played out. He killed it. Like and, and no doubt about it, like the woke society and culture and the way of thinking and, and the way of life still exists – I just hate having to go down that road when we talk about those woke topics because DeSantis killed that word for the use of everybody else for the rest of civilization. Again, we're, it's a Friday. We're two days away from, uh, was it week eight of the NFL? Taylor Swift is going to be plastered all over your TV. And, and this is coming from somebody in radio who has been trained and told, play the hits. Mm-hmm. It's, there's a reason why we talk about Trump. There's a reason why we talk about... You know, six or seven other different topics, and we recycle through them. Now, granted, some of the the nuances and the facts might change. It could be a you know a Trump court case, or it could be a uh, Trump post on truth. But you know, I get that you you got to play what the audience wants. But from DeSantis using woke to Taylor Swift on my TV to Elon Musk, you know, just being a troll. It's just some of these people um, have have run their course. And that's where I'm at with Elon yeah. Musk. So figured we would get that out of well, the way he, here. He, he, he doesn't. I mean, when he bought Twitter. And he, he's not an interesting guy, by the way. He, when he bought Twitter, he didn't seem to care about the the net loss that he was going to have for, which I kind of admired. He lost $22 billion. So And he knew he wasn't going to make that up. So any way that he could to kind of monetize it. Look, I'm a capitalist, man. I, I make, make the money you want to. And I, by the way, I also believe if you own the company that that's your toy and you can do whatever you want with it people don't need to be on twitter right. i prefer that they weren't uh so you know nobody's making you be on twitter so whatever he wanted to do with that i was fine with mm-hmm. it's just that he's uh, he's just made a lot of really really bad dumb mistakes with it and and it just it it doesn't seem like he knows a, a whole hell of a lot of what he's doing no with this app which is odd you know he's I mean? an incredibly bright guy right like you don't create Tesla and you don't start launching space shuttles. You know, stupid people don't do that stuff, right? You got to be pretty bright. And you're right, you are a capitalist because we have the tape to prove it. I'm a capitalist and a corporate <laughs> whore. <laughs> we, have a, we have a we have a sound drop for everything on this show. You do. We it's do. really sad. It is. It's a reflection on my life more than anything. It's not meant to embarrass other people. It's just to point out my shortcomings. <laughs> All right, nine fifteen Friday morning, eight five five eight three nine twelve ten. If you want to get in, uh, I've got a couple of crazy pilot and flight stories oh, to get yeah. to uh, before we get to part two of the cut sheet. But for those that are tuning in for the first time this morning, we've had a lot of serious conversation uh, in the first two and a half hours of the show, from everything that's that you know, the fallout of Israel Hamas to you know the 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 protests and where we draw the line with free speech versus banging on 
on barricaded doors versus inflicting uh, physical harm to somebody. And then also the, the fallout from the mass shooting in Maine as this suspect is still on the run. My big take this morning was really on all of the agenda and the narratives that come out of things like this from um, you know, my personal pet peeve of I don't like giving the shooter any glory, any credit, any airtime. I hate when they plaster up his photo. I hate when they keep repeating his name. That was part of the big take. To me, it's more about remembering the victims and making sure those names are the ones that get, if not equal coverage, more coverage. Um, and then also how we always go running back to our separate corners on this issue of mental health versus gun control. And again, it's the media's sensationalism of this because the way the media covers this, they will cover this story for far longer than they did the Alabama shooting or far longer than the Nashville school shooting because they look for a few things to check off and it meets the certain criteria then they got to hammer and drum away and bang away at the fear. But the reality is this, and we played you Kamala Harris in the big take. Another piece of the agenda narrative from the big take was referencing what Australia did 27 years ago with mandatory, keyword mandatory, gun buybacks, 650,000 of them. And I, I really do believe in this country, if, if the left believed that they could get away with something like that in this country, it would have been done by now because we know they want you to certainly give away and give back the AR-15s because the claim is, well, who really needs one of those? To which my counter is, you can have it as long as you're not mentally ill. Nobody should worry that you have an AR-15, especially if it's properly maintained and taken care of. So a lot of different things there on the big take with the day two fallout. And as I said before the big take, when Dawn was going through some of the updates with this in the six o'clock news, I my gut feeling on this story is that this is going to be one of those. And I hope they get him and they've got every agency known to man going after this guy. But they don't know if he's in Maine or Massachusetts or the Canadian border. He's crossed it. I mean, this is a guy that from everything we gather and the Daily Mail's done a great job of chronicling all of this. This was as sick and deranged as this guy is. He's also calculated like this was planned. This was plotted. Um, I mean, we're talking about, you know, allegations of being on a, a jet ski or some sort of water boat type thing. Um, this is a guy that is well-trained, former military guy. So this is this is not a Danilo Cavalcante, uh, even though Cavalcante was a, a murderer prior to his escape. Um, this guy seems like he's got a blueprint and a map, whereas Cavalcante was just running through the woods and laying under mulch piles, so yeah. to speak. And that's the concern for me, is that this is this is not a one-week search. Knock on wood, I hope I'm wrong. Mm-hmm. This I can see this being like a month long. Yeah, this is a, a smart, highly trained man who, unfortunately, I don't know what in the world you know happened to him, yep. where he went from training cadets at West Point, highly respected, and, you know, serving our country and from that spirit to suffering with uh, major mental health problems, had been going deaf. Um, you know, there are all these different reports yep. about that his girlfriend, had, his sister came out and said his girlfriend had broken up with him. He lost his job. I, I don't know what happened here. He snapped, mm-hmm. obviously, but that's just it, that this is somebody who has the, the skill set to, to vanish. Yeah, yeah. Yes, and take a lot of lives with them. 
in the process, as we saw between the bowling alley, the bar, and then a few that made it to the hospital but didn't make it out alive. And now, I mean, this is a guy who is trained. I mean, he's about as good as it gets for right. for a forty year old on a, with a gun. Um, and you know, the other thing too, probably at this point, feels like he has nothing to lose. And that that's the scary part. Is like when you reach that point where you feel like you have nothing left to lose, and it's just like you know, you just pray that there's not more victims along the way. Well, they've said every expert I've seen who's who's talking about this says. This kind of person, this kind of individual will never be taken alive. That was the quote that struck me. As in authorities will kill or he will wipe himself out once he knows he's cornered? One, one or the other. Okay. That this is somebody who wouldn't, the profile of him, this personality would just go down, you know, go down in a spectacular yep. ending. In a blaze of glory. Lori, uh, Lori wrote to us uh, about two hours ago on Twitter. She says, uh, there's a condition with dementia called MES, musical ear syndrome. Symptoms include hearing loss, voices, hearing sounds, and music. I'm not a doctor, but knew someone with dementia. She was di- and she is diagnosed with all of these because there was reports that this guy, you know, had hearing issues, right, Dawn? Yeah. And, he was also uh, claiming he was hearing voices. And yes. was hearing voices. So, um, But he's 40. I, I mean, maybe he had some, I mean, yeah, some had, disease. Yeah, I don't... yeah, dementia, stuff like that. Especially if he was in... You, you know, he was an army reservist. I, yeah. you know, maybe he had some sort of trauma, you know, mm-hmm. I don't know, but, right. um, uh, yeah, we don't know what, we don't know what the situation is here, but, um, it's incredibly sad. It really is. All right. 855-839-1210. If you would like to climb in part due with a cut sheet coming up in just about 12 minutes, but right now it's 921. So let's get to our morning mystery movie clip. And now the morning mystery movie clip on Kalen Company. Talk Radio 1210 WPHT. Look, I got you to record your ass. Record the out of you. Record. Uh, Rose? Uh-huh. So last time I talked to Chris, he told me your mama hypnotized him. Rod, just stop. Huh? I know why you're calling. Why is that? <laughs> it's kind of obvious, don't you think? That there's something between us? No, oh, what you talking about, girl? I called you about Chris. No, Rod. Whenever we'd go out, I remember you looking at me. What the f***? No, Chris is my best friend. Hey, look, if you did something, you asked you. I didn't want to... Ah, she's so... She's a... Ah, she's a genius. Think you know what it is? Be call at 12 at 855-839-1210, and you could win this great prize. Ah, uh, the great prize today, a $50 gift card to the Metro Diner. If you can identify that movie clip, call her 12-855-839-1210. I want to say that's about five or six years old. I saw it in the theater. It's pretty good. Uh, but if you got it, 855-839-1210, gift card to the Metro Diner. See if we get our winner on the other side. And then two flights from hell. It's Kale and Company. We're back after this on Talk Radio 1210 WPHD. It's Kale and Company on demand from Talk Radio 1210 WPHD and the free Odyssey app. Friday morning. Hopefully all of you having a great start to your Friday or perhaps your weekend for all of you three-day weekend people out there. 855-839-1210. Twitter and Instagram at 1210WPHT. You can get us on the free Odyssey app and watch us on YouTube. All right, a couple of stories coming up in a moment, and then we'll get to part two of the cut sheet. But first, we've got our morning mystery movie clip winner on the line. It's Mike in Levittown, 
And I think he's identified the movie. Mike, what clip did we just play for you, sir? The movie is Get Out. That is correct. Get Something I've been heard, I've been told many times by many people. <laughs> Get out. And uh, that is correct. So $50 gift card to the Metro Diner, Mike. Thank you. You are welcome. Enjoy it. We appreciate you playing and certainly for listening. I think that was that M. Night Shyamalan that made that movie, Get no, Out? No, it was um, the, the uh, key, uh, Peel. Uh, J- Peel. J- Jordan Peel. Yeah, Jordan Peel. Yeah. Yes, yeah. yes. Pretty, pretty decent movie. A little, little, little goofy, but pretty good for the most part. So the $50 gift card for the Metro Diner goes to Mike in Levittown. All right. Um, you know, when he goes to Metro Diner, there's a lot of things he can get. Um, maybe he can get an omelet with mushrooms in it. Maybe not toxic magic mushrooms like this crazy guy did in our next story. But uh, we've got two stories with flights from hell that I thought would be a fun way to <laughs> wrap up the end of the week. And i got to tell you, just in general, flying seems... Um, a bit um, contentious these days. I don't know if it's just a post-pandemic thing, um, but I always feel like we're seeing these stories about people acting up or getting rowdy on their flight. I mean, maybe it's just the social media era where we document and chronicle and post everything. But I do want to start with this one first. Uh, this is from the New York Post. As a crazed pilot named Joseph Emerson said that he took magic mushrooms before trying to down a flight, that according to federal authorities. Uh, This uh, just a few days ago in the uh, New York Post, the out-of-control airline pilot who tried to down an Alaskan Airlines flight mid-air told the authorities that he had taken magic mushrooms before the flight. My God. As it was just revealed and emerged on Tuesday. This is coming off of the uh, story from about two, three weeks ago where a pilot, a married pilot, was seen doing cocaine with a, uh, I don't know want to call her a, a hooker, but it's something in the, uh, the, the, the adult entertainment industry, and he was a married man, and he was all coked up on the flight. And now we've got a, um, a pilot on mushrooms. So Joseph... Well, wait a minute. Would it be better if he's a single man? Pilot getting coked up? Well, apparently he was doing sex acts <laughs> with the... Uh, oh, my goodness. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. Ooh. So and no, that was not Hunter Biden. Uh, but Joseph Emerson, <laughs> Joseph Emerson, forty-four, an off-duty commercial airline pilot, went off the rails while sitting in the cockpit jump seat of a flight between Everett, Washington, and San Francisco on Sunday, trying to cut the fuel to the engines before he had to be held down by crew members. Even while restrained, Emerson tried to open the emergency doors on the Alaskan flight which was being operated by Horizon Air as the pilots frantically guided, to cr- guided the craft to the ground. When he was later interviewed by police, he said he had a nervous breakdown wow. after not sleeping for 40 hours. That'll do it to you. Yeah. Uh, and t- uh, taking psychedelic mushrooms for the first time. Quote, I didn't feel okay. It seemed like the pilots weren't paying attention to what was going on. They didn't. It didn't seem right, Emerson told police, according to an affidavit obtained by the Post. Quote, you need to cut me off right now or it's going to be bad, he told a flight attendant after getting booted from the cockpit. I messed everything up. He tried to kill everybody, Emerson told the crew member. So you're. So this is a guy who hasn't slept in five days, uh, a guy who is on psychedelic mushrooms. And imagine being on that flight. And you're, you you got to deal with yeah, this type I, of thing. I, I can't imagine. I, I already have a fear of flying. See, I already. don't. It's not the heights. It's not the 
fear of that the plane's going to go down. It's the fear of crazy people doing stupid stuff. Yeah. Well, clearly, <clears throat> you know, he knew about the policy not to drink alcohol. You know, because we've talked about the liquored up pilots. So he thought, you know, not for nothing, uh-huh. but magic mushrooms. Yes. That's not in the manual, yes, technically. Correct. That's correct. I can't <laughs> imagine, uh, you know, as somebody who may or may not have done magic mushrooms in, <laughs> in, in his or her life. Uh, <laughs> um, I can't imagine piloting a plane oh <laughs> while, while I, I just... You know, I, I, I just, it's got good God. Some would argue after having magic mushrooms, you can't even turn on your Nintendo, <laughs> much less fly a plane. Your Nintendo? What is this, 1992? Uh, you said, you know, back in the day, okay. you might have, you know. I got you. No, yeah, NES, Nintendo yeah. Entertainment System. No, I Speaking of alcohol, here's the second issue with the flight. Headline from the New York Post again, passenger claims JetBlue flight attendant denied her alcohol because she is a white woman. Uh-oh. Yes. A JetBlue passenger captured on video being removed from a flight after she claimed flight attendants denied her alcohol because she is a white woman. (laughs) A flight attendant is heard telling the woman, who appears to be somewhat intoxicated, that she would not be served any alcohol. Quote, you never served me any alcohol, but you served the black people, and that's fine, end quote, the woman tells the crew member in a clip posted on our favorite app, TikTok. Quote, you're discriminated against me because I'm white, she is seen yelling before being told to please sit back down. Quote, I'm white and you don't like white people. Black life matters. White life matters. It's all peace and love, she continues in her rant from an aisle seat. Effed up, effed up, wow, wow, wow. She keeps carrying on in front of fellow passengers and flight attendants. My guess is, having seen this video and read this story, is... She got cocktailed up in the lounge of the airport, probably drinking a bunch of $14 a shot drinks at the airport while she's waiting to board the flight. And I'm guessing she it, it probably was not a Bloody Mary that she had, which, by the way, I would argue, and I love a good Bloody Mary from time to time, but if you spend $18 on a Bloody Mary at an airport, you're insane. Because Bloody Marys, for the most part, unless they are made at home, are very, very low in alcohol. It's mostly a bunch of non-alcoholic stuff. You get like one shot of vodka in there, right? And then it's tomato juice, it's carrots, it's celery, it's salt, it's pepper, it's Tabasco sauce. I love a good blood because I love sp- I love spicy and I love salty and I love vodka. But I'm not spending eighteen bucks at an airport. Eighteen dollars. That's what they are at Philadelphia Airport. Uh, so you're being called out, Nick, on your uh, story about the pilot. Okay. It wasn't a pilot. It was a guy who broke in the cockpit. What what story? Uh, about the guy on the mushrooms. The magic mushrooms? No, it's not. Hold on. Grab my sheet. I just tossed it in the can. <laughs> no. Now he's digging through the can because no. he had a Bloody Mary. I, no, I mean, I just, I mean, nobody reads. Does nobody listen when I read? Joseph Emerson, 44, an off-duty commercial airline pilot, went off the rails while sitting in the cockpit jump seat. It's not a person. You don't get to sit in the cockpit uh, jump seat. I don't even know what a cockpit jump seat is. You don't get to sit in that if you're just uh, Greg Stocker. This is a story that I think I think we've discussed before, right? No, that this- it was... That this, this is a follow-up, no, right? This, no, this it's just, just a different pilot. This, this just happened. Pilot. No, the, the first pilot was the one who was doing cocaine. Yeah. Um, oh, okay, that was the... And he was doing... Sorry, the coke do, pilot. Yeah, he was doing it off the of a hooker's pilot. butt. <laughs> off of a... 
Oh, okay. Yeah, he was taking, rip, la, taking rips off of skin. A la Hunter yes. uh, style. Yeah, yeah, no, this is uh, the out-of-control airline yeah. pilot who sat down in an Alaskan Airlines flight midair. Yeah. Joseph Emerson. It's a police report. Yeah, 44 off-duty commercial look, airline pilot. Look, don't yell at me. I'm just yeah. reading, I'm just no, reading comments. You know what? That's fine. The co- here's the thing. There are so many of these crazed pilots, it's hard to keep yeah. track. I mean, tragically, it's hard to keep track of all of them. Yes. But yeah, here's the police report. Yeah. Yeah, 44, yeah. 44 Jefferson Emerson. Yeah. Police wrote up the report. He told them he took the magic mushrooms beforehand. I'm glad I never look at the comments on the YouTube chat. Yeah, I'm sorry that I do sometimes. <laughs> no, it's great. <laughs> even it's while they, for good radio. Even while they were trying to restrain him, yeah. he was still trying to open the emergency doors yeah. on the flight. Oh, my God. He went 40, stri- he went 40 straight hours without sleep. And took mushrooms. I, I can't go a day without a nap. This guy went for the forty I mean, hours. If you think about that, if you average eight, most people say you what get eight hours of sleep. He basically had five straight nights of no sleep, and then he's doing mushrooms on top of it. You've Is obviously t- never you, you've obviously never done cocaine. <laughs> I have I'm not. You can no. you can be up for days on cocaine. The riskiest guy I've ever been. I told you is when I took the gummy five years ago one time. Yeah, I know. I almost chewed off my face then. You're a rebel. I am. Is there a blood test or some test for magic mushrooms in your bloodstream? Acid they can I don't know about mushrooms but for LSD they can te- uh, check check hair sample. Really? Not that I, not that I would know. Well you're in soccer well versed <laughs> in the uh, drug screening process folks. You're taking notes at home? Yeah, yeah. It, it was the hardest to get you know, because with pot, they used to do uh, uh, urine tests. Yeah. You, you used to be able to take this thing called niacin, where it would like you would pee a lot and mm-hmm. it would you would get all the THC and everything out of your yeah. system. You remember the story <laughs> back in the day with Michael Vick, where he uh, he had somebody else pee for him to pass yeah, the test. Absolutely, because he was taking uh, it was marijuana. Look, I you know I'm a guy who knows a lot about a lot of things. That's all I'm saying. Yeah, you experimented a lot as a kid. No, 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 no. I'm just saying that I I I am a guy who knows a lot about a lot of things. There's not just there's not one subject that I am an expert on, but there I know a lot about a lot of different things. Well, some would say <clears throat> you're an expert on radio. Some would say that. Yeah. Well, this guy. Here's the thing. When we circle back, Jen right Saki, maybe yeah. that's circling circle back. back. Yep. Where this guy, another another guy. Lived with his wife and his kids mm-hmm. in uh, the suburbs, right? And they were saying how uncharacteristic. Six months ago, he was diagnosed with depression. This is the mental health crisis once again with yeah. this guy. Thank God, none of those you know passengers. Like, thank God that they were able to restrain this dude. Mm-hmm. But it's. I think that for years to come, we'll we'll be talking about the the pandemic, the shutdowns, yeah. the economy. Biden. This is all. The impact of it. Yep. Shape rights. I'm getting high just listening to this conversation. <laughs> Lucky you. Some would say that getting high, uh, listening to the show while high is the best way to do it. Hey. <laughs> or the only way to do it. It's a yeah. free, it's a cheap and free, it's a free high. Yeah. Then. Everybody's saying that pot stays in your, your system for 30 days. Agreed. But if you flush your system out. How do you flush it? With, drink, with drink more whiskey. Niacin. It's a, Niacin? It's, yeah. It's, it like, it. <laughs> It's something that you can take that that makes you urinate a lot, and it gets all the toxins and stuff out of your system. Yeah, there you go, stalker with uh, lots of tips, useful useful information. Tell for... your sons to give me a call. <laughs> no, I'm, 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 I'm somebody boys. who knows. I'm, I'm somebody who knows a lot about a lot of things. My boys would never do anything like that. <laughs> all right. 
Sid, uh, Sid says Greg wasn't experimenting. This the experiment was over. He was actively participating. That's <laughs> a very good point. It's a very good point. That's correct. By the way, you can get. Um, I'm looking this up because niacin is a form of vitamin B3. Mm-hmm. You can get niacin toxicity poisoning so you better be careful no really i, mm-hmm. I mean i'm 43 and i, I okay i'm fine so, so uh, i'm receiving texts right now uh not for hair follicle it still stays no matter how much you pee or clean your system out let wow. gr- let greg know who may or may not have <laughs> <laughs> allegedly yeah okay I, all right i'm just telling you i'm nobody just cares. telling you nobody cares i'm just telling you what some tricks uh, that tricks that, of the trade that people I may or may not have known in high school used. Yeah, see, that's, that's why I just drink. Vodka see, Catholic schools, Catholic schools could get away with a lot of stuff. So, like, if they thought you were, yeah, under the influence of something, they could. They they didn't care. They would they would test you right there on the spot. They tested at St. Pius. I've heard. I've heard. Okay. Wow. The now defunct St. Pius X. That's right. It's yeah. not there anymore. That's correct. All right, 940. <laughs> I ruined that school, too. <laughs> <laughs> you elevated a radio station after squashing the school. It all balances out. That's the way it works. Yep. Let's get to what's on the cut sheet part due. What's on the cut sheet? I do. What's on the cut sheet part due? Sponsored by Consumer Cellular. Consumer Cellular offers unlimited talk and text on every plan starting at $20 per month. Stay connected in rain, sleet, and snow with their premium nationwide 5G coverage with no contract and free activation. Visit ConsumerCellular.com to switch today. ConsumerCellular.com. Thank you, Consumer Cellular, for sponsoring the ever-important Friday edition of What's on the Cut Sheet Part 2. Let's go to TikTok, shall we? Have a little fun here uh, before we play some of the more heavy stuff that uh, I have on the Cut Sheet for Part 2. This queer activist, that's what he's called, don't shoot the messenger, says, uh, tells kids that puberty blockers are completely safe. Yeah. So let's keep getting our right. news and information from TikTok. It's doing super well for us as a society. Mm-hmm. Uh, Phil, this is cut 17, my friend. Let's talk gender-affirming care in minors. There's a lot of misinformation around gender-affirming care in minors. First of all, puberty blockers. Puberty blockers are safe, and interestingly, puberty blockers are given to cisgender kids now when little girls or little boys experience precocious puberty, meaning puberty very early, around like four, five, six, seven, they will be given puberty blockers to delay puberty, not prevent it, so that when they're closer to like, you know, 12, 13, they can get off the puberty blockers and then puberty happens as typical. As far as long-term fertility issues, puberty blockers have no link to long-term fertility issues. Mm -hmm. And trans young people are not getting gender reassignment surgery. They are not getting top surgery. They're not getting bottom surgery until they are 17, 18, sometimes 16 for top surgery, but they have to have parental consent, a medical team, and doctors are trained to weigh risk versus reward for their patients. And ultimately, these are private decisions, and there's so much misinformation out there. Make sure you talk to a trans person who's been through it before you like go on online. <laughs> Well, a couple of things. Number one, yes, uh, the, the puberty blockers, they're fine for you. They're delicious. They're just like the Flintstone gummy. You just keep popping a few. It's like those little airborne gummies you get at CVS. Uh, number two, why are all of these individuals, male or female, always seem like they're speed reading? You ever notice how fast they talk? Maybe he's on the magic mushroom cocaine. Yes. <laughs> they're like the Micro Machines guy from back in the day where he's running through that commercial and warp speed. Now, what's the deal with this guy? Because he's got a full beard. Yeah. I mean, is he? Is this guy? What what stage of a mental health breakdown is he? <laughs> <in>? <laughs> I 
<laughs> is he trying to become a guy? I'm confused here. I, I think he's just a gay dude. He's the know. gay dude. Okay. So, but he's, so he hasn't gone through any of that personally, but he's just, you know, he's just relaying facts and information for the TikTok community. I mean, facts and information, sure, I guess. Facts are in the eye of the beholder these right. days. Right. Um, so, I mean, this sounds like a credible source. So, you know, if, you, if you're considering, <laughs> you know, just just go to TikTok and watch this guy with a ponytail and a, actually well, a nice beard. This is actually a, a larger problem uh, that we were discussing earlier when it comes to the Israeli-Palestinian conflict. What's happening in the Middle East mm-hmm. is that people look at people like that as credible sources. Yeah. And they say, well, I don't know. Some dude on TikTok told me that these are the yeah. these are the facts. So yeah. it must be true. I'm telling you, man, this so, is why I don't want my daughters on TikTok. What's so I mean, funny? I didn't know that Greg Stocker's also, according to Old Man Dudley, an expert on mechanical bulls. What? Stocker, you riding a bull? Do we have you riding a mechanical bull? Have you been in Montana West? What? <laughs> no. I, I, yeah, I, I, you have video, I've been known please. to go to. I've been, I went to Montana West in the early 2000s. I think they had a mechanical bull up there. <laughs> yeah, that's. Sorry. Was that Quaker Town or something? Yeah, yeah it's right on 309. Gosh. Uh, it's not there anymore, by the way. It's like some. Uh, I know, it's just deserted. No, it's some like a <gasps> Middle Eastern or not Middle Eastern, but some something. What? We have breaking news. What? The black bear has been captured. Nikhail, oh. you're safe. Ah, oh, damn! I was gonna kill it. What? No, he uh, wasn't. I was gonna get in the back of my truck oh, and uh, I'm a friendly get my shotgun and put my hat on. The game like, commission just like Elmer Fudd. Oh, he would have cuddled with you. Yeah. Um. So, uh, I, this is the uh, Iranian foreign foreign minister. Uh, he warns the U.S. will not be spared if war in Gaza continues. So, uh, well, sleep well, everybody. There you go. Uh, this is cut 22, Phil. I say frankly to the American statesmen who are now managing the genocide in Palestine that we do not welcome to expansion of the war in the region. But I warn if the genocide in Gaza continues, they will not be spared from this fire. Oh, good. So Hamas kills a bunch of Jews. The Jews and America respond. Americans have been hit now, I believe Dawn said, 19 different times. Mm -hmm. So America responds by bombing things in Syria with ties to Iran. And Iran is saying... America, if you get involved, we will get involved. Sounds like everybody's already involved. It does, doesn't it? It's a war without a war. All right, well, one more before we break here. Uh, John Kirby was on uh, with uh, George Stephanopoulos of Good Morning America this morning discussing what Donna's been saying um, all morning in her news updates about the airstrikes in Syria. Uh, Kirby says that they were done very much in self-defense. So uh, this is cut... 21. Joined now by top national security council spokesman John Kirby. John, thank you for joining us. Uh, you know, I, I, I want to get to that, but first we also have some breaking news. A, a rocket has hit apartment buildings in Tel Aviv. I, I've not seen those reports, uh, George. Uh, I, I'm not, not not able to comment on that because he's just, just not aware of that. Tell it, what can you tell us about the retaliation last night on these Iranian-backed forces? Well, these these strikes were very much done in self-defense. As you know, our our forces and facilities had uh, come under uh, a range of attacks, uh, rocket attacks, largely by these proxy groups, but that are backed by Iran uh, in Iraq and in Syria. Uh, These strikes were in uh, in self-defense for our ability to protect ourselves and our troops. I mean, they went right at uh, targets that were tied to the Iranian Revolutionary Guard Corps, the IRGC, that is resourcing, funding, training, and and making capable all these proxy 
Nazi groups. Uh, these two targets went right at their storage facilities, weapons facilities, that kind of thing, uh, to try to get at their ability to do exactly that. Expect counter-retaliation from Iran? Well, we'll have to see. I mean, uh, cool. the, it's not uncommon for them to strike back. If they do, <laughs> we'll, we'll absolutely do what we have to do to protect our, our troops and our facilities. We'll be ready for that. Oh, my God. Yeah, so depressing. We're, we're in this. it, guys. There's no more speculation. Oh, yes. There's not any more speculation. We yes. are in it. There's no doubt. World War Three is coming, folks. You know, so, I, just tell, tell, uh, tell your boys, Don. I'll tell my son. We'll get ready for war because yep. this is going to go on for another 20 years. There you go. I might go home and watch Iron Eagle. <laughs> yeah, remember that movie with of Louis course. Gossett yeah. Jr. Yeah. Chappie Sinclair. Great. Uh, by the way, I would argue just to add a little levity to the conversation because yeah. this is so just depressing to talk about. Sorry, Iron Eagle. Very underrated. It doesn't get the Top Gun love, nor should it. But I would say Iron Eagle, the, the first one. Yeah, the first one, the original, yeah, 1986 or so. I believe so. Yeah, great soundtrack, by the way. Great in that movie. Great, great movie. Twisted Sister. It's a good yeah. album. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. All right, that's what I got. All right, that's it. Part two of the cut sheet in the books. We'll come back, wrap it up on a Friday, find out what's on tap for the Dawn Show, just 12 minutes out, and who won Twitter today. It's Kale and Company here on Talk Radio 1210 WPHT. But first, let me tell you about the Piazza Auto Group. Yesterday, I was out there sampling the Acura MDX. Oh, by the way, 355 horsepower for a six-cylinder SUV. That's 55 horsepowers stronger than my honda ridgeline mazda cx30 great steal thirty five thousand dollars it's thirteen thousand dollars below the average price of a vehicle in 2023 in america and also i must admit the fully electric hyundai ionic 2024 you want to talk about like driving a vehicle with unbelievable technology there's like no dashboard they just have two ipads basically in front of you it's remarkable. But let me tell you about the vehicle that I'm still in. It's the 2023 Honda Ridgeline. And the reason I'm telling you about it is because you can still cash in. You can still take advantage of 0.9% APR financing. Or if you're not in the market for a truck, that's fine. They've got you covered. The Honda Civic, the award-winning Honda Accord, the CRV, the Pilot is a gorgeous SUV. The Piazza Auto Group, 17 brands, 35 locations. So, if you're not a truck person, that's fine. If Honda's not your cup of tea, Nissan, Mercedes-Benz, Acura, Jaguar, Alfa Romeo, Maserati, on down the list. It's my go-to for all things automotive. My sister is going to be getting a vehicle in a matter of days. Dawn, her boys, everybody's going there. So why don't you join us? PiazzaAutoGroup.com. This is the Kale and Company Podcast from Talk Radio 1210 WPHD and on the free Odyssey app. Kale and Company. Putting a bow on a Friday show. So during the commercial break, Nick, yeah, I got an email oh, from geez. Brian at King Shooters, King Shooter Supply. You know, oh yeah, advertiser here on twelve ten. Sure. He says we are listening to the show this morning, as we do every morning, and heard Nick mention he might like to purchase a handgun. That's correct. We would be honored to help him with this process. We would also be happy to provide private lessons for him or anyone from the show. Please feel free to contact me directly to discuss it if you're interested. Well, let's do it. I'm in. Awesome. King Shooter Supply. King Shooter Supply. You connect Thank my you, people Brian. with their people, and uh, yeah. we'll have meetings and conference rooms and Zooms or whatever we got to do these days. Never know who's listening. That's correct. That's right. yep. That is correct. 
I thought we were going to end the day with some uh, negative feedback. No, 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 no. This is a good. This is a good thing. I mean, I can give you negative feedback if you want to. I don't really see any though. I'm still fasting. I haven't had anything in uh, 14 and a half hours. Poor baby. So right from here, you head to the doctors. Yeah, yeah. they got to stick me and then draw blood. I'm a tough stick, by the way. That means you're you have small veins and or you may be dehydrated. Well, I'm definitely not dehydrated because I drink a lot of alkaline water, but I, I always have. Uh, they always have trouble, like, you know, the veins are very wiggly and the whole bit. And you know, I, yeah. they're going to give you, at least, well, I don't know the doctor you go to, but most doctors now, get, like, you can, they have you download an app and they yeah. put your blood work right on the app. Don't look at it until <laughs> until the doctor calls you and tells you, oh, yeah. because you're going to look at it and be like, what does this mean? What does this I mean? Know. It's elevated here. What does that mean? I'm going to Google this. What does yeah, this mean? Yeah, yeah, don't, don't, don't do that. the worst thing Let you can ever do. Right on, am I yes. correct in that? Yes, 100%. Yeah, because right. you don't know what you're looking at. Yeah. They do. And as soon as I'm done getting uh, the blood work done, I'm going to go buy a Wawa, grab a sandwich, maybe a little ham and cheese with mustard. And, uh, <laughs> Catch up on all the foods I haven't had in about 15 hours. All right. The Dawn shows up in about six minutes as we find out what's on tap at 10 o'clock. So right at 10 o'clock, a special guest. Uh, First of all, right at 10 o'clock, I'm going to tell you, I'm going to give an invitation, what I'm doing tonight, asking you to join me Uh for a very special evening. And we have the chief and the president of the Southeast Pennsylvania Police Chiefs Association, Chief Patrick Malloy. He's going to join us locally, talk about some of the great programs on a positive side of what's being done with community policing, and as well, we'll talk about the great event this evening. Coming up at 11, in the 11 a.m. hour, we will have Betsy Brantner-Smith, our friend, of course, looking at national law enforcement. She has some important updates, and there's so much news breaking this Friday morning, so we'll have it all for you coming up. All right, the Dawn Show in about five minutes as we wrap up a Friday and another week with Who Won Twitter Today? Who won Twitter? Marcus Aurelius with Twitter. He says, Nick, if uh, if a protest is 49% violent, is it still a mostly peaceful protest? <laughs> well, yes, technically it would be. 51% peaceful. <laughs> it's a very good question, though. <laughs> good point for Marcus. Yeah. Okay. Do you want to make a prediction on the uh, Eagles I do. commanders? I do. Uh, I'm seeing, what, six and a half, seven is the yeah, line? Yeah, I'm looking at, let me look at FanDuel real fast. That's Hang on. Me talk, yeah. talk amongst yourselves. I think the t- I, I want to say the total's 43 and a half. So right now, the... Uh, the Eagles are favored minus seven. Yes, um, and the the over under is forty three and a half. Yes. Yeah, I, I like the Eagles in a very very close game. Really big, big win last week over Miami. A yeah. lot of hoopla. Kelly Green jersey Sunday night. They're at Washington. At Washington, yeah. who typically will give the Eagles a tough game, and the, one of the few teams that Jalen Hurts has not defeated, or a team that I should say has defeated Jalen Hurts. I'll go twenty three twenty Eagles. Twenty three twenty. Yeah, get Eagles. ready to sweat Philadelphia. Twenty three twenty Eagles. So they. Don't so so that's the under, right? That's the under and not a cover. All right, I'm gonna go 27 14 Eagles, and uh, that is the cover and an under. Yeah, is that under? Yeah, it's 41 yeah. points. Yeah, thank you. Yes, all right, Dawn, do you want to make a prediction? Well, it looks like Jalen Hurts, you know, the whole knee situation because I was worried about that. So Jalen Hurts is going to be okay, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, but he should run the ball a little less. I agree. Self-preservation. So, I, agree. I know. Um, I'm just thinking about the... My, give, us like a what, weird, give us like a weird, a weird score. Like, number? Not, like, go like 1918 or something. <laughs> I love when people make those kind of... Like, how do you arrive at that number? Now, what did Greg say? This 20, is like the price is right. 27-14, Knicks 23-20. Yeah. <sighs> Sam Howe will make so, it. Uh, Eagles 27. Number. I'll say... Tw- how about this? 
27, 17. You got a cover and an over. 27, 17, we win. Okay, over. of course. So so Dawn's the only one going over for this for That's the uh, 43 and a half. So. Yep. Okay, cool. All right. That'll do it for us. Stay <laughs> tuned. The Dawn Show is coming up next. We're back on Monday morning at 6 a.m. Wait, 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 wait. Before we do this, what's the what's the pot up to? It's 40 bucks, uh, right? I, I'm in the hole. That's in all I know. Dawn's, in Dawn's favor. Yeah. All right. I owe everybody. Okay. I'm, I'm leaking oil like Al Bundy's Dodge. <laughs> okay. Dawn's right. coming up in two minutes. Yeah, yeah. Dawn's up in great two guess. minutes. Great guest. All right. Great guest. Great show. Have a great weekend. We'll see you Monday at 6. Sick of you. I'm sick of all of this shit. I'm done with it. Start your day with Kale and Company. Weekday mornings, 6 till 10. On Talk Radio 1210, WPHT, and the free Odyssey app.